No. Sideburns? No. Goatee? Maybe. Beard? Beard! It is uh, Beard Talk Live, and I'm just uh, 
trying to dial things in to see if we can't make sure that all parties are here. Uh, in the studio tonight, it is myself, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will. I will. Also, Peakless Mountaineer is also here. What's your name? Peakless Mountaineer. All right. And then, do we have this and other guy? I am the nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. Nice. Good you to sound, have nobody uh, on the show. You sound pretty good tonight, nobody. Is your headset all in place and everything? I think I've got my head on straight. <laughs> well, I don't know about nice. that. But, uh, I know. appreciate your helping with me with that before the show. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. Uh, you know, I try to take care of the technical aspects, uh, you know, when I can. I'm not the greatest at it, but... Uh, I think it suffices. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I mean, given that we're trying to run on uh, a rocky field that is constantly shifting gravity, not which to is mention what the technology is like trying to keep up with. Not to mention the the actually probably negative budget that we use to run this show, and that is to say that well, we really haven't put any money into it outside of the logo, for example, and some online promo. We've put some effort into it, of course, to do the show, but uh, the time and place for us to do this is also being donated. So we are definitely a uh, nonprofit organization. Amen. Not necessarily by design, but uh, but de facto, if de facto. not de jure, right, yeah. definitely. Uh, we, we, well, are, we're we are de facto we are given that form by the invisible hand, is what it is. We've been what? Yeah. We are given that form by the invisible hand, the invisible hand of the market. I'm going to turn my yeah. volume up so I don't keep saying what. <laughs> I am a deaf well, musician. If you all didn't know that, we just need to need to keep doing it because you know. Well, that uh, that being it, said, uh, nobody, we are officially adults today. And, and, uh, yeah, at Beard Talk yeah. Live, we are. The show is eighteen. Eighteen episodes, not years. Mm. We haven't been doing it that long, but eighteen episodes. And yeah. on behalf of that, I would like to say that we can no longer accept welfare in the way that that word has become twisted did when did like we... last time we were last time we had this show i said well you know if you're pouring it into bitcoin it's fine to let them steal for you and i'm well, rescinding that because I mean, it does fall under the ends justify the means and that can't be out okay. you're issuing a correction do you I'm know anybody do you know anybody where the government has given more to them than it's taken from them, because it's not only no. taken my money, it's taken right, my right. freedom. It's no, no, we absolutely have to get all that shit life. back, and we have to uh, cheat like mad to do it. Fortunately, we have alien technology called uh, a, well, I like to call it a time chain. It's a much more accurate yeah. form of, like, the whole point is it only goes forward. Well, what's in our language that only goes forward but records and, like, is permanently set? Well, that would be time. Yeah. So this well, is the digital entropy. version of that. Time well, is no, no, no. More, so, so entropy is one time half is more of it. or less one over empathy. Well, so there's well, entropy, no, but there's also a counterentropic force that unfolds or evolves, if you will, at the same time. So both entropy and counterentropy in the same way, like uh, so magnets push away from each other, and the reason my butt doesn't go to, through the floor. Is because it's magnets you have a pushing magnetic away. Butt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We all have magnetic butts. Um, monopole magnets. That's how atoms work. You must eat more iron in your diet than I do because uh, you know I've I've wrapped my ass in in coils of electrical wire several times and I cannot magnetize it. <laughs> 
So uh, electrons being on the outside of atoms is why things hold each other up. Sure. That's true, or but down, that's not that magnetic matter. force. That's known no, that... as the strong nuclear force. It's, okay. It's, it's not... If the if you had if you had the opposite charge on a bunch of it, then it would it would not hold itself up. Like if you suddenly had this like uh, atom where the protons are on the outside, that is not going to hold your butt up. That cannot be your couch. Where the proton is on the outside. Yeah, that the would proton not, that would hold your ass up. The proton then orbiting the electron. Yeah, that. That doesn't happen. Right. Um, the proton has much magnet. greater mass. So uh, for for the proton to orbit the electron would be like the tail wagging the dog. The mm -hmm. proton weighs thousands of times what the electron weighs. Okay. Uh, so if you have if you use antimatter then. So that way you don't have to worry well, about the Well then it doesn't matter. Huh. Why can't you why can't you use uncle matter? Oh, the it's silence is deafening. Antimatter should be. Uncle Matter. You know, I'm going to find a way to make cricket sounds. I was just thinking that whenever I build my uh, my uh, orbit, near-Earth orbit, uh, you know, free market bar that just orbits the Earth, it's going to be, you know, maybe in a similar shape to the Death Star, but without the death part and without mm. the weapons, right? It's just going to be a place where you can have drinks and party, you know, kind of a thing. Nice. A creature cantina, if you will. Uh, but it's going to orbit the Earth, and I'm going to call it the Broton. Nice. <laughs> Nobody gets a late wow. laugh in there. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on fire here. So we. Yeah. Well, having well, a beard does make you more susceptible to being on, on fire you than if you, you don't. <laughs> oh, I got you both in stereo, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. In stereo, uh, where available, there are uh, some callers waiting. So Wait. before we get to them, though, let's get it out of the way, shall we? The seven words, nobody. A one, okay. a two, a three. Shit, shit, shit piss, shit, fuck, fuck cunt, 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 cocksucker, motherfucker, motherfucker, and tits. Tits. Sorry, I got it wrong, Woo. man. Yeah, well, whatever. Tits is a good word. I like. Oh, and so as soon as I say that, the callers go away. Oh. You fuckers. All right. Well, six zero three. I'm calling. Maybe they fuckers. were just calling to remind us to do that because you yeah, know I'm, they they might be very upset if we forgot. They're like, oh shit, we better we better call and remind them. <laughs> yeah. Well, six zero three two eight three six one six zero. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. It is censorship free on tonight's show here on Beard Talk Live. So you know, cussing. You know, I'm not I'm not even going to screen you. So just you know call and they'll be like well yeah. you'll hear when another call if comes you're an in. asshole we will hang up on you though because we don't have any fucks to give it's a fact yeah. no <laughs> fcc's to give now indeed that's uh i raised the field where i grew my fucks and now i have none to give <laughs> all right let's give this a shot guys uh <laughs> beard talk live who the fuck is this <laughs> Um, this is Philip. Hey, Philip, where are you calling from? I'm calling from California. Nice. Uh, well, sounds like you're hopefully getting out of a car, not into one. Oh, I'm getting into a car. Actually. Okay. Are you going to be hands free? Yeah, I'm going to be hands free. Right. I'm driving. We're just concerned for your safety, Phil. That's all. 
Want to make sure nothing happens. Understood. Nothing happens to your beard. Yeah, well, I don't. I do not have a beard. I, oh. I okay. Well, yours is imaginary, and as long as you're driving, I don't want anything to happen to your imagination. Well, when did you shave last? I mean, you're old enough to shave, right? I, I, I am. I'm a. I'm a. How long has man. it been? Yeah, it was it within um, the last hour? I shave this morning. I, I shave pretty much every day. If I don't, so shave, you have some to... level of beard going on. Yeah, it yeah, may not be five visible to the naked eye, but it's yeah, there. It, it, if I, if I rub it, I can feel a little bit of stubble. So. You were holding out on me. You've got scruff. You got a bit of a that five o'clock is channel. the feeling of scruff. Yes, the feeling of scruff. Uh, it's 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 minimal. Um, I I don't I don't really look very good with a beard, so. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. how old are you? You sound like you might be 18. I'm I'm older than that. I, I have an 11-year-old <laughs> daughter. Okay. But well, like, I'm older by, than that, too. Like, so like you have an 11-year or like you took it from somebody? <laughs> um, She came from my genetics. Mm. All right. Yeah. All right. Thank you for so, the clarification. Uh, so it's not one of those, I've got the body of a 17-year-old. Ah, so, I keep her in my basement. So I'm guessing um, you only stand <laughs> terrified of the 18th year. Uh, of the 18th year of what? Your daughter. Oh, no. I mean, I, I think uh, she'll do very well. She's an artist, and she likes anime, and um, she likes Brown and Coney, which is my favorite. Well, I think there is a healthy amount of fear of the unknown of did I prepare them enough and can I deal with them not being this focal point in my life? And I do think that a little yeah. bit of fear, just awesome, not awful. Well, is I don't know. I, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in her abilities to handle herself awesome. once she gets of age. So I'm hoping right. that, I mean, her and a... Uh, I mean, my her mom and I uh, hopefully have done enough. Um, her her mom and I are not together, so it's not the best situation. But okay. um, makes it rough. That's what it's happened. Common. Is yeah, she? Uh, does I she have, have but firearms you're still training? Still in her life, and that makes a huge difference. Mm. Yeah, that is a big difference. Yeah. Good, good point. Does she have uh, fi I, firearms training? I know a training? lot of broken girls who didn't have fathers in their lives at all. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Break it. you know, oh, no, good on you for being there. Her stepdad's a decent person, so I have nothing bad to say about him. Nice. Um, so uh, I was trying to ask a, a question. Does she have firearms training? I was in college. Um, she has shot a gun before, but not right. with me. That, that's with her. Her stepdad's family are big into guns. So. As long as she's getting, you know, some training, that's all, you know, that really counts. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it's I, bizarre I, that... Uh, that that you can have daughters and not teach them any martial arts or any right. firearms yeah. training or anything. Or even like how to use like a mace, a pepper spray, something right. like that, you know? Something. Yeah. Mm. A oh, stiletto and I heel. To say that all the, all the, I, I used to, I used to like uh, do transactions with nobody. And I want to say that I'm not the Fed. <laughs> oh, groovy. Amen. Yeah, I know who the Fed is, bro. I know who the yeah. Fed is, bro. He was my old, uh, he, he was my old ecstasy guy, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. I've, <laughs> wow. I've never even, I've never. Okay, I've never that sounded. Before that, that was 
just a drug-related statement. There was no romance going on. <laughs> oh, your ecstasy! It didn't yeah, really yeah. sound the yeah. way I intended it to sound. No, no, in- uh, inflection means a lot in a sentence like that. If we ever um, cut a commercial for Beard Talk Live, we're gonna get that first time that you said it there. Nobody, we'll put that in the commercial for sure. <laughs> I, I, I've actually, I've never even drank a beer before, so not wow. one. Wow. What did you transact yeah, I, I, with me for? Um, it was it was just for I I I'm a degenerate sports gambler because I'm a washed up athlete. Ah. Um, I just bought like some Bitcoin cash. Nothing. Oh, big. okay, all... yeah. I, well, I'm and, and this sure is one of those things. You at pork fest. And this is one of those things they can't no, get rid no, of either it, because it, they themselves are relying on the the local laws in order to keep their money, so they can't. I've, uh, I've actually never been to. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Okay. Oh, I was just going to say, I've, I've, I haven't made it to Porkfest yet. I'd love to. Like, I keep saying I'm going to um, because I'm from New Hampshire originally. I mm. just have never made it. Well, you're still welcome. Definitely. Thank you. you know. I, I will make it. I, I'm planning <laughs> really? on coming this year. Right on. I've, I've, made, I've made arrangements. I even volunteered one year, and then I had some stuff going on back here so i had to come back to california and uh yeah um hopefully i'll be able to make it this year and everything will be swell Imagine. definitely hope okay. so all right hey well, Phil. well hold on hold on hold on i don't, I don't think got, we can okay. let him go uh without reciting the carlin i don't think we need to make oh, every caller you recite the carlin. yeah we don't i think that's yeah i think well, we cover fine. it we cover I, it in the beginning of the show shit. it's you know okay I, yeah, I don't like that well, being just, a stipulation. Said, okay, well, then I am yeah, I, going to ask just, you to oh, wiggle your fingers in front of your chin and pretend it's a beard. Okay, I can do that. Well, I did awesome. say I would call. Like, I don't really have anything exciting to contribute. <laughs> I wish I did. Um, uh, no, your your call to uh, the most bearded Liberty show online is appreciated. Are you kidding sure. me, man? Like having uh, You have a, a link to the future. I mean, oh, oh, I do, talking I do about that thing. is like, uh, oh, I didn't bring up anything important. Oh, right. He says you he's know, got a thing now, so give him a chance. Phil? Oh, sorry. I do have one thing I, I want to bring. Okay. Um, there's only one thing that will bring me back to New Hampshire. Um, my old high school that I went to, freshman and sophomore year, has an opening for the football coach, and I will go back if they hire me. So I'd mm. like them to hire me. Um. That's pretty much the only thing that would bring me back. If you could teach sports so, here? Well, no, I mean, like, I, I played football in college. Um, I coach football Oh, so if you, could, um, if you could run a team. Yeah, if I, could, if I could coach at my old high school, that would be swell. Um, they have an opening. Their coach was horrible. Football in New Hampshire is terrible. I know none of you really care about football, but it's kind of... Well, let me ask you, uh, if there was a league that was outside the public school system, how would you feel about that? Well, I actually, I coached at Trinity um, one year when my mom was sick. Um, I don't know if that counts. It's a private school. Mm. (laughs) So it's in Manchester. I don't know if you guys know Trinity High School. Vaguely. Um, I've driven past it. Yeah, I mean, they, we had some good kids. A, a lot of the kids uh, uh, aren't, uh, they're not all, you know, rich kids. A lot of them are, are there because, you know, they have family. They came from somewhere else. Uh, they had some family issues. They were on scholarship. 
they do a lot more good than you'd think for being the Catholic Church. Yeah. So, yay. Well, right, I only so have I one issue with the Catholic Church, which yeah. is nasty habit oh, they've got. Well, uh, well, they suffer from the same thing that happens it. whenever you get power. And the Catholic Church has a tremendous oh, amount yeah. of power over people's beliefs. And power corrupts. That's its nature. That's why we have to spread it as thinly as possible. That's why we have to make everyone as responsible as we can. Oh, 100%. And, like, I mean, like, I li I'm here in California. Well, I live between here and Hawaii, so both places are pretty bad. Um, with That you sounds know, very wet. Between California and Hawaii? Yeah. That's I'm a like very wet area. Wet area? It's a very wet area. It's it's nearly well, all I ocean, mean, isn't it? Um, not where I mean I'm near Sacramento in, in Roseville. Like it's a little better up here. Okay, um, so you're in California. You're not between California and Hawaii. No, no. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Because I, it's I there's there's really that, not much land between California and Hawaii. It would be a bad place to be. You'd have a hard time keeping your feet dry. It, it's it's the flight <laughs> from 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 here to Hawaii is just as bad as flying to Boston. So um, yeah, it's it's a horrible flight. But I mean, I do it a lot. Um, I next time I'm home, I'm hoping to you know, get to some kind of event that they, you, you wild people do over there. And, um, yeah. Where the I, wild I, things I to, are. Yeah. Live free yeah, or die. I, I've been, I played poker at the, uh, the clubhouse in Dover. I don't know. Killer. That's yeah. So I, I want to like, I'd like to do all the fun libertarian activities in New Hampshire. Um, yeah, I, I just, you know, give yeah. us a heads up when you're gonna, you know, if you know when you know, yeah, man. And uh, you know, we'll we'll come hang out. Or you come hang out with us or whatever. You know, uh, we'll be at Pork Fest and Fork Fest, of course. So uh, if yeah, you make I mean, it out to either of those, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm gonna try to make it out this year. Well, I just wanted to call in because I said I'd call. I said that on someone's Facebook page. I don't really use Facebook, <laughs> but I. I I don't know if you have any clue who I am, but I've done business with nobody. He's a good guy. Always did everything that he was supposed to. Everything was uh, mutual, and everyone was happy. And voluntary and, and on the up and up, and yeah, I know. Groovy. Yeah, and uh, what happened was a travesty. This whole court case is absolute nonsense. Oh yeah. And I, it just you know, but like once the government gets its claws into you, they'll do. I mean, there's really no justice in it. It's just yeah. It's a it's a know. good thing you're allowed to lie to psychopaths morally, uh, because nobody had to lie to these psychopaths to get them to release him from prison. I mean, claiming yeah. guilt of of an action like you you know better, but like you have to. Mm. That's they they put you in a no win situation. Yeah, especially yeah. I mean, it, like with all the people who have who've been imprisoned, who uh, they. You know, like, let's say someone doesn't have the, the resources that someone like Ian has. Mm -hmm. They, you can be 100% innocent, 
and you have no way to defend yourself. Yeah, you just simply can't afford. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You simply Mm -hmm. cannot afford uh, to defend yourself, to prove yourself innocent, which is the opposite of, you know, what they tell you it's supposed to work like. They tell you everybody's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, but they treat you the other way. Right. They they put you in a cage. They well, with Ian, they gave him the ankle monitor. Right. They were treating him as if he was guilty until he proves himself innocent from day one. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. And it's and it's it's even worse, like I said, for people who don't have anything. Um, There's people, you know, and then they got to take a plea and the state writes it off as, oh, look, we're big on crime. It's a win for us. We got them to plead guilty to something they didn't do, and and you know, yeah. and then and then on top of that, they, they collect make you betray on. yourself. Say what you yeah, know in your heart ain't true. That's how they know you. They sure. got you by the balls. If you got kids, they'll go after your kids, and even you could be a hundred percent innocent, and they're gonna be like, well, you you know, you don't want to not be there for your kids. We're gonna give you all these charges. Plead to this little one, and then we'll we'll give you probation or something. And then they make money on the probation. It mm-hmm. it just never ends. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm. They are all in bed with each other too. Uh, they're you know all of the attorneys know each other. Whether it's uh, the the defense attorney or the prosecution, those guys all know each other. They all go to the same like you know, attorney events that happen, right? You know, the trade events, the business events, that kind of a thing. Uh, you know, they bump into each other all the time when doing cases. So, you know, at 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 the very least, they're better than casual acquaintances with each other. Yeah, and I mean, like, I just, uh, I appreciate you guys. I, I like the show. I just wanted to call just to support. And if uh, that that drunk guy calls, like... He's, he's on hold right now. Don't, oh my god! Just don't, if, don't drag it out. It's un, it's unlistenable when that guy's on. It's just absolutely off. And, the, and then there was another lady who called this, like this uh, dingbat who called. I, I forget. It might have been like a couple weeks ago. There's a lady that called Beard Talk Live. Oh, it was. Uh, yeah, you. There's been a couple of them, I guess. You, there was one oh, on like the well, second show for, for the whole show, right? Yeah. Yeah, nobody said she sounded hot. I thought she sounded like some middle-aged, like, dumpy-looking... <laughs> Midge. She got, like, yeah. a scrubby voice. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Okay. <laughs> she smokes 16 packs of cigarettes a day. <laughs> so do I. All right. I'm pulling up the target. So <laughs> Phil. Can I, can I do my SpongeBob on the way out? Go for it, man. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Ah! All right. Bye. That was that was Phil from Christ knows where. Dun, 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 dun. I dun, don't actually somewhere between Hawaii and California. Yeah, I don't think I ever asked him where the fuck he was calling from. He did say he at least lived in New Hampshire at some point in his life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was in California. He said a couple of times. All right, all right. Uh, we're gonna go. Well, there are two callers on hold, so we're gonna go to this other one. Uh, Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Hey, it's Aaron from Tennessee. How's it going? Aaron from Tennessee. Hey, What's Cleo. up, man? What? And and what? And Cleo. And Cleo. Oh, all right. Um, are you guys willing to cuss? Sure. Absolutely. All right, because this is a censorship-free show. We've got some beardos on the line with us. Oh, so it yeah. Seems. yeah. Oh, what are you guys drinking? 
Uh, well, uh, I'm drinking water currently. Uh, mm-hmm. The drink of choice, though, uh, you know, prior to the show, uh, did, a, did a little shot of Jameson. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a good choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's my go-to, really. Yep. Wish it wasn't so damned expensive, but it is worth it. <laughs> I apparently the original, like the 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 like the regular Jameson or regular ass the, Jameson uh, and stuff. Yeah, regular ass Jameson in the green ass bottle. Um, uh-huh. I've tried the uh, what is it the one that's like a aged in coffee barrels, and there's another one that's supposed to be like somehow mm-hmm. aged in IPA barrels or something. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really know. Yeah. I've tried them and they're okay. They're just not better yeah. than like, I just yeah. like regular ass Jameson. It is probably for me, it's a bottom shelf whiskey. I, I really don't like drinking Jack Daniels. I don't like drinking Jim Beam. Yeah. They have a, I don't know, some sort of an artificial additive to them that makes them taste precisely in exactly the same every bottle. Mm. And it, it, I can taste the roboticism, if you will. Mm. Whereas with Jameson, I know that they have a brewing or a, a distilling method that they've been using for hundreds of years, but yeah. it doesn't have that weird robotic flavor to it. It, it tastes like it's it's distilled with love to me. Mm. So no, I, as, I feel uh, you. As someone from Tennessee, I get shit for not liking Jack Daniels, but I'm in the same. Oh. Boat too. Just, <laughs> yeah, you're kind of not allowed mad. to there. <laughs> Like it's 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 meh, right? Like it's nothing special to me. Yeah. But it's a you know it's like a a, a worldwide brand, so it is. Uh, everybody loves it except if you're from probably right. Brothers like if you States, if you so. grow up outside of the United States and you decide to go on like a vacation to the United States, you're when you go to the bar, yeah. you're like, oh, let's have some American whiskey, like Jack Daniels, yeah. for example, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can I, tell the difference between, you know, decent wine and great wine, but it just isn't the same as the difference between, like, good whiskey and anything that isn't good I'm, whiskey. I'm apparently very picky. Uh, I will give a shout-out to Pendleton. That's uh, a Canadian whiskey that's apparently made in Oregon. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but uh, perhaps uh, the distillery is in Canada and the company is based in Oregon. I don't know how that works, but uh, Pendleton makes a very good Canadian whiskey. It makes for great Manhattans uh, if you like to drink you know, the mixers. I'm very picky about my mixers, mm-hmm. too. I really don't like a, a lot of things in my mixed drinks. I like it simple. Uh, for example, I will. My favorite breakfast drink, bar none, is uh, Captain Morgan and orange juice. Hmm. It tastes like orange okay. sherbet, right? Uh, Have you ever I like a Bloody Mary for breakfast. Mm. Hail Mary, full of vodka. <laughs> blessed are thou amongst cocktails. <laughs> uh, so, so that one depends uh, on the uh, hangover severity. Mm. So, uh, if I need a quick dose. Uh, mimosa is like the perfect first drink. Yeah. And then if I need to replenish my uh, uh, potassium, which I absolutely will, yeah. then that's where the Bloody Mary comes in. Yeah. Because those those are the three Caribbean things. It's weed. dehydration and uh, potassium and, and alcohol withdrawal are the three biggest parts of a hangover. What did you say you have? I've got Truly and Weed. Huh? That's for dinner. Nice. nice. What flavor of Truly? Um, I don't fuck. What is this? Aaron? It's the holiday. The holiday ones. <laughs> Ooh, I, I haven't had that. Does it taste up. like fucking cookies or some shit? I it kind of tastes like fruity shit. Like 
Hmm. Like, uh, sangria. Okay. Yeah, it was like a holiday sangria and a cranberry orange. and uh, uh, Yeah. You got to yeah. drink like 10 of them, but they'll fuck you up. Well, I mean, that's the yes, important I'm familiar. part. <laughs> like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not such a picky drinker that like if there's nothing around and I need a drink, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to find one, right? Or like if I show up to somebody's house, like, hey, come on over. We'll hang out. And if they have some sort of beer that I don't like, I'm probably going to have one, you know, like I'm not yeah. that much of a, a drink snob that I'm going to like be a dick about a social situation. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just stating my preferences as far as like, Oh yeah. If I had my druthers, these are the things I would drink. I would never, I, I really don't like IPA beers at all. Uh, to me, they like, beer shouldn't taste sour like that. It shouldn't have the, uh, the oh, same yeah. face reaction yeah, I get from biting into half a grapefruit. <laughs> You know, and sometimes these IPAs, these double IPAs, they taste like grapefruit. And I'm like, that is not beer to me. Mm. I like my beer malty, uh, you know, a brown ale, uh, some of the malty red ales. Uh, I like I a love scotch a good ale. Beer. I like, I like a scotch. See, I don't like the hoppy beers. That's IPAs are just over hopped. That's how you get there. Have you ever had Arrogant Bastard? I have. Yeah. I like What'd Arrogant Bastard. It's all right. That, it's all right. Yeah. I, I love that one. Um, and I love the double bastard. Scotch ale, the double bastard. Yeah, Scotch ales are good. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I do love the dark beers, like the porters and stuff, and stouts, but not as much. Like I don't, I just don't like my beer quite that thick. Right, the the porters are thick, the stouts are thick. Right. What's that? She was saying you have to chew it. She's like on the other end of the room. Oh, I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, it's like I joke about uh, Guinness being the beer that eats like a meal. <laughs> no, it yeah. does. The the thing and about no Guinness though, for Guinness. I never feel it until I stand up. Well, Guinness has the yeah. lowest alcohol content of all of the you know major brands of beers, like sure. literally. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, did you have a topic I, so, you want to talk about? So I, I do have a question for you guys. I, I, I I'm curious to know, and I'm sorry, this is my first time calling. So whatever, uh, relax, you have curiosity. It's relax, only like the most important I, part of learning. I don't listen all the time. I'm curious if you guys have a favorite movie. One favorite movie? Probably like if you were Vendetta. You know, maybe maybe that one, yeah. I, I mean, Matrix is always uh, a pretty Serenity. close contender. Um, oh, Serenity. I think... Ah, uh, wow. Like the Firefly? Are you yeah, like yeah. The, oh, the, the I, movie? I was okay. yeah. not for that. It's beautiful. Yeah. But you can't, yeah. I mean. I really wish Fox yeah. hadn't fucked Joss Whedon on that. You, you can enjoy yeah. that movie without enjoying the series leading up to it. But, I mean, to me, yeah, you can't. Yeah, and I get, feel like. Yeah. I feel like there should be like a reboot for Firefly at some point. Like I don't, that was a really underrated. I don't. I think somebody should just show. you know hire some I, real writers and write some new science fiction. I would like to fiction. see. Uh, I would like to see uh, a spinoff. So like the same universe. So you've got like mm-hmm. human beings exploring. You know, like, is Ron Glass still alive? Hmm? Ron Glass. No, He's Ron Glass died. Did he? Oh. Yeah. Dang. I was gonna say he has to be in it. <laughs> If you're doing a spinoff, he has to be in it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. But um, no, I, I absolutely I love the, the aesthetic of is. sci-fi and Wild West at the same time. Come on. That's that's yeah, perfect. Because like good. right now we're going through this massive technological uh, evolution, but it is also opening up uh, like there's every uh, every couple of years there's this new Wild Wild West that opens up, right? 
Like the internet yeah. was the wild, wild yeah. west. Yeah. And it sure ain't no more. I, uh, I want to answer your question. And the question was, do you have a favorite movie? And I, I don't know that I do. I, I can only come up with like my top five. So I, I want to answer it slightly differently with something that I do know. And that is, I do have a favorite television show. Bar none, my favorite okay. television show of all time is Black Mirror. Okay. Love that show, front to back, man. Uh, it, like the I last, hated the first one. The Sorry, la- I hate the front. Oh, the first one's the one that like just like knocks you on your ass. It's like, this show's different, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, really. But what about my question? What was your question? Favorite What's your movie. favorite sex toy? My favorite sex toy. Yes. Uh, it's very important. Rachel, definitely. Rachel. <laughs> I, I was gonna say um, a female human. <laughs> female human is my favorite sex toy. Oh, I never toy with sex. Second favorite. A uh, female robot? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no pocket pussy. Well, nothing? a good vibrator yeah. will save Hell you. No, no I don't. I don't. Sweat. I don't. I don't own a pocket pussy. I I walked into like a friend of mine's apartment one day when like we were gonna like head out and see some bands or whatever, and it's fucking pocket pussies just sitting on the counter, right? Just out. I'm like, dude, fucking come on, man. Like you got a guest over here. Have some fucking class, man. You know that was a pivotal scene in an Archer episode, huh? Uh, Well, so there was a cyborg left her uh, in the uh, sink after she washed it. it uh, Detachable penis. Hmm. Nobody? So Yours? You, you said um, Black Mirror was your number one. What's your other four? Uh, te- television shows? Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other four. Holy so, shit. All right. Black Mirror isn't a pocket pussy, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you for informing me. It is a mind truly fuck, has though. spoken. Black Mirror is a mind fuck, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I love the Whedon verses. Um, so uh, that would be Firefly. That would be uh, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh-huh. I thought that was a hoot. It, it Have grows you on no your... shame? Oh, please. Like, shame is something to be proud of. <laughs> um, <laughs> I find that the Buffy verse grows on you. Like mold. <laughs> what are the other two nobody um let's see well the other two that i mentioned were uh probably serenity and the dollhouse oh my god dollhouse was amazing yeah that was that was a freaky world and definitely a mind fuck yes yeah have but you ever seen really dollhouse, gonna Captain? bake your noodle yeah, so yeah, I don't, is would you have knocked it over if I hadn't said anything? Huh? Yeah, and that brings us back to like favorite movie. Like Matrix is always a, a major contender on that one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it, um the Matrix lost some luster in in view of the sequels. Yeah, and and one So what about your favorite one, porno movie? Well, well, hang on. We're not done finishing the uh uh the television shows yet. So, um, my, so if, if Black Mirror is my favorite television show of all time, the following four, these are maybe not in this order, but the other four would be Firefly, Max Headroom, 
Battlestar Galactica reboot, the 2009, I believe, is when that came out, uh, and ran for, I don't know, seven seasons and had a spinoff and some uh, internet content as well. Uh, and then Star Trek, the original series. Okay. Mm. I actually, th- I think I liked Star Trek The Next Generation better. Yeah, Strangely. that one's a tough call, honestly. Yeah, I, I think I do too, but also like, I, you know, I just had to, I had to go with the old school, right? The OG Star Trek. I yeah. would have said the same, like Star Wars, uh, what do they call it? Episode six, right? The first movie that came out mm-hmm. uh, would be in my top oh, episode five. Four. Episode four. Thank you. Yeah, yes. you had your V and your I. Yeah, the first one to come out was A New Hope. <laughs> Right, exactly. that's the one. Yeah. Episode that's the one. IV. IV, right, yeah. Uh, that is... Which is four for those of us who, you know, speak Roman numerals. <laughs> There's a, a, a Dr. Demento bit in there that I was thinking of where, like, a guy was trying to convert uh, from uh, Imperial numbering to learn Roman, and he was trying to guess. Uh, he was like, one, two, five, six... B I I seven seven, right? He had to be coaxed into you know. Anyway, uh, well, uh, yeah. So my did you get my favorite yeah, okay. uh, my favorite TV show is Broken. It's so Doctor Who is currently uh, oh, broken. I uh, didn't it mention is Doctor Who presently beyond repair. Um, at some point, uh, the 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 copyright laws are just going to have to loosen up either de juris or de facto and have some actually good stories about a time Lord. But right now it's fucked. I'd have to bump max headroom from my top four or five, uh, in favor of doctor who it's just the longest running science fiction series on television of all time. And by a large margin, I've never watched any doctor who, where would, it's amazing. Where would uh, where should I start? Oh, I started on mm. the beginning of the new series. Yeah, and I I I fell in love with it that way. Uh, but pretty much, pretty much anywhere in the new series up until like mid Capaldi. David Tennant. Oh, he is the doctorest doctor that ever died. Oh, I, I think uh, my favorite out of the new since the the reboot. Also, was that two thousand nine? Um. 2008 maybe if only there was a device (laughs) anyway i gotta uh, add rick and morty (laughs) Mm. Uh, never honorable mention for sure a lot of good things about that yeah uh for me uh concerning concerning doctor who the um uh capaldi i think knocked it out of the fucking park after a couple of uh you know well done by like a, a young skinny kid right that's both matt Tennant and uh uh, David Tennant and uh, Matt, the hell's his fucking last name? Smith. Smith. Thank you. Matt Smith. Yeah. Uh, you know they they okay. both did a bang up job. They both had their own character, but they were too similar for me for being back to back doctors. Right? There wasn't enough difference, and so then now is it still a female? Uh, well, sh- she's done after the Christmas special, I believe. So okay. there's apparently a Christmas special coming out, and and then you know it's on to the next one, and I haven't heard or haven't bothered to look at who the next one's going to be because I was pretty disappointed uh, with the female doctor. Not necessarily because she's female, just because uh, they picked They're the wrong They're not going to do it right. I mean, look, look at what's controlling their narrative. Well, they had a shot at a fantastic actress, and her name is Michelle Gomez. Uh, they had a shot at bringing her in as a doctor, but instead they brought her in uh, during Capaldi's run as Missy, 
uh, which was oh, the female was version amazing. of the master. And I'm like, as soon as I saw her as the female version of the master, I was like, they fucked up. They should have made her the female doctor. Oh. She would have knocked it out of the fucking park, man. You know what I mean? You're absolutely right. Yeah. Oh, that makes that actually makes it hurt more, Captain. Thanks. Like they knew how to do this well, mm-hmm. but fuck you. Yeah. All right, yeah, no, I swore that one off after the Sandman episode. So they have an entire fucking episode where <laughs> here's your spoiler alert. Here's your spoiler alert. At the end, you find out that the entire universe is being destroyed and it's your fault <laughs> because you watched this episode. All right, let's so uh, don't watch the Sandman episode. Let's put our retardises away for a little while. And uh, what was your question? I want to know your favorite porno movies. <sighs> I'm going to say... Debbie does Dallas. I'm old. So like, you know, there wasn't a lot of choice in the matter. It was quite simply the most popular porno movie of its time. And so it's no coincidence that I saw it. Uh, You know, porno was this like underground thing. It wasn't available on this glowing box in front of you at every moment of every day. You had to like seek it out or it had to be available in some other way. So why she only do Dallas, man? Like, there's plenty yeah, other. I mean, Dallas is pretty big, right? You gotta. It's big. But you I mean, you got credit. fucking Detroit. You got like I don't know Baltimore. You got like I don't know Atlanta. You can you I, can do all these things. Perhaps Why they were gearing for a series, and she was going to move from city to city every film or something. I you know, and then it'd be Debbie does like whatever. But that. you know, I I don't know. I, I'm not that big of a fan of it. Uh, 2005, Doctor Who, by the way. Oh, 2005, thank you. Hey, uh, we're going to go take another call, guys. Thank you so much for calling into Beard Talk Live, and please call again. Uh, We've enjoyed having you. Have your people call our people. We'll do lunch. Yes, indeed. Uh, Well, you know, uh, it was going to happen sooner or later. It's Major pain, I believe. Who the fuck is this? Hello, hello, hello. It's the British Major pain. Well, I've, I've, I've got me... You got, say hello and I say goodbye. I, I've swept my chimney a time or two. I mean, it's bad enough when you're drunk and calling, uh, but if you're drunk and trying to do an accent, I mean, I don't know that anyone's going to understand you. It's well, true. Dude, I'm only uh, maybe half drunk. Mm. And I'm always accruent and occurrent to the thoughts of my process. I wanted to call in and congratulate Ian, but he dumped me. (laughs) Dude. We'll pass the message on. I I, I don't know if I pissed in his cornflakes one too many times or not, but uh, I I love him, and and I think the world of him, and I thank God for him, quite frankly. He provides a soapbox. Uh, Yeah. And the and the, uh, the uh, what the hell would you call it? The county square. The yeah. stand upon and the bullhorn. For all of us dumbasses that will not ever be heard to be apprised upon. Well, that and also bring, you know, the perspective of freedom and peace and prosperity to, well, exactly. to many more ears than, well, we ever got a chance to have. There, there, there is no place on this earth that I know other than this show to get a megaphone. Yeah, well, I mean... I got mine at Radio Shack. 
You know what I'm talking about, don't? Yeah, uh, wait, I still wait. make mine by cupping my hands around my mouth and then standing a ways back before yelling. Hey, you know what? Back in the day, there was what they called a moose horn. You take about a 12-inch piece of birch bark and you turn it into a horn. Mm. <laughs> there you go. I think I've had farts that sound like that. Did we ever tell you no. what it was to be cold enough to freeze the balls off a brass monkey? Uh, well, you have to talk to the Wicked Witch of the West about that. <laughs> Well, then no, it'd be colder no. than the Wicked Witch of the, the West's uh, left tit. Hang on, let nobody tell. Would you like the, to uh, talk about reindeers? Hey, hang on. Hey, Major, let nobody tell tell us about the brass monkey. Well, you see, back in the day, they they rode around in wooden sailing ships with iron cannonballs, and they couldn't stack the cannonballs on the deck or they'd fall right through the wood. So they set these brass plates into the wooden decks and these plates were called a brass monkey and so you they would spread the load and then you would stack your cannonballs on top of your brass monkey well the thing is these things were made out of brass okay now brass contracts faster than iron which is what the uh what the cannonballs were made out of mm -hmm. so on a really cold night the brass plate in the deck would contract faster than the iron cannonballs and that would destabilize the cannonballs and they'd all roll off the brass monkey and at that point it was cold enough to freeze the balls off a brass monkey uh, hey uh, I, i'm wondering if cannonballs uh, like I, when i see them in the movies especially like if i'm thinking in my mind about them being stacked on like the deck of a ship right uh, I remember seeing them usually in like a pyramid fashion. Now, yes. I don't feel like that would be the best way strategically to store your cannonballs, but I don't know. Is there a reason? Um, well, I think that's the only way you can stack them. You can't have a square stack of cannonballs. Mm -hmm. Well, right, but I mean, you just have a rack for them, right? Like go to the bowling alley and see the, the rack full of bowling balls, right? And you're like, oh, okay, that well, makes sense. The, uh, the stacking of balls was the... Uh, the central point of cat's cradle there was a scientist who had seen cannonballs stacked in a particular way and it allowed him to make a crystal that allowed uh water to form ice particles at a uh, high temperature huh so like everything that touched this froze you know because he was trying to design it for the military so they wouldn't have to like bog through the muck, like right <laughs> And like, uh, oh, of course, so now you've got this thing that can literally end the world. Because like all the oceans freeze. Nobody, you dated a girl who would freeze every time you touched her? Yes, it's true. I know that girl. Not the and same I, one, but like, I you had know. a girlfriend like that. Every time she spread her legs, the refrigerator light went on. <laughs> it was a sad thing. But uh, I don't know. There's many things I don't know. And I've gotten very, very old. I don't even know the answers. I don't even know all the questions. I have a question for you, Major Payne. Yes, sir. It's actually two questions, but I'll start with one. Do you know when to fold them? When to fold them? That's when you and when to hold them. them. Well, and that's the, my subsequent when question. But first, 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 I want to know if he knows when to fold them. Yeah, no, no. First, you, you got to know when to hold them. them. Then you know when to fold them.
So if you then you wait, know when you to wait. walk away, and then you know how to when to run. I didn't realize it was a progression in that way. I thought mm-hmm. you could learn any one of those at any time. Well, it doesn't matter which order you 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 learn them in, but you need to know them, yeah, and all of them at the same time because you know that uh, you you don't want to just keep repeating one strategy over and over again. Well, the whole thing that happened with uh, scam bankster fraud is they didn't know when to walk away. Yeah, or fold, or when play. to run. Yeah, mm. one must play the hand one is dealt. And to hold them and to fold them is a conundrum. Now, do you think you got enough balls to bluff your way through this bull? Yeah. Apparently, conundrum. we have cannonballs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we have brass balls. And monkey balls and at brass, the same yeah. time. Brass, brass balls, iron balls, cannonballs. We've got all the balls. I have flung my balls long and hard, and I'm still surviving and standing. We're getting into projects. I, I have generational <laughs> curses, we might see. The show has taken an and awful I turn. Have, <laughs> balls I have the queen if I had balls. my king. Now what are we doing? Captain, Nuts the one that the... I've been holding for you for about two weeks. Is it mm. gas? Reindeer. Well, I'll tell you what. Prepare <laughs> yourself for a Segway whiplash. Because I'm going to answer her question of what my favorite porno is. Oh, okay. Stand by. So, Lady Macbeth. That's your favorite porno? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. It was hilarious. We watched it as a group. There was chicken. It was fantastic. I just, and she is a bitch. Like, like I'm a fan of these uh, names, right? That, uh, And I can't think of one off the top of my head. But where you, you take like a, a, a movie that exists and you change like one or two words and make it porno-ish. Right. I think you should put a W on that bitch. She was a witch. That's a fact. All right. Well, Major, thanks for the call. Have a great night. Indeed. Uh, so, <laughs> we were talking. so uh, I just, something that well, I really we get wanted into to ball talk jokes, about. I think, uh, I think we need to segue. So, so something that I really wanted to talk about uh, with Sam uh, Bankman Freud. Or sorry, a Freudian slip. <laughs> so his place in the world was that of a drug dealer that has had the territory cleared out by the mob. That's an interesting analogy, and I'm trying to process that now. Can you say it again? So, like, if you're dealing pot on the corner, and the mob comes in and says you can't be dealing that here, and then they instill their guy dealing whatever on right. that corner that is exactly what his place in the world was the state had cleared out as much competition as they possibly could largely by refusing to tell you what the rules are well it it is i'm mm, i'm looking at the exchanges at this point right mm-hmm. now i get they're trying to do business and i get that they're trying to at least they seem to be trying to do it in in a I don't want to use the word legitimate in a uh, uh, an obedient fashion, mm-hmm. right? You know, according to the laws of whatever country they're, and they've discovered that because cryptocurrency is virtual, they can base their companies in where the fuck ever they want to. So wherever the fuck it's the most convenient or uh, least statist or whatever, they're free to move to, and some of them are doing that. We've seen uh, some of these crypto companies turn into DAOs 
decentralized autonomous organizations that run by themselves and aren't owned by any individual or entity. You can't bust down the headquarters of a DAO and arrest everybody. You can't take all of their computers because they don't fucking, none of this shit exists. It is a, a virtual organization that uh, can keeps itself alive just based on its decentralized nature. It has rules that it's programmed to. It's basically a, a software-based organization that's not owned by anything. It just exists out in the wild. Right. And it's weird to me to think that the internet is the wild. Because I remember that's how I, <laughs> that's how I felt about it when it first came on. It's like, oh, it's the wild, wild west, and anybody can have a website, and you know, Lord only knows what can be done with it, right? And everybody was, you know, innovating, right? And it was this great time in human history where like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of and like now we're in it again, just in a different way. Well, and so uh, there's two things that I saw happening. So uh, one, I saw immediately that like, oh shit, the news's whole job is, well, you can't afford to go look at these places. So we'll send someone and they'll give you the videotape of what's going on over there. And all of a sudden, oh no, I can't afford to just talk to someone who's already over there for free. However, many of them I feel like to get a perspective of what the hell is going on over there. Yeah, uh, to to give another we'll say telephone analogy to what cryptocurrency is like. It's kind of like seeing long distance charging people for calling long distance. It's kind of like seeing that disappear. Mm-hmm. Charging people for long distance went away. Yeah. Without any, like nobody tried to make it yeah, go no away. Fanfare. There was no fanfare. There was, you know, it just sort of melted into the ether. Mm-hmm. And that's, Beautiful. that's how I would like to see the Federal Reserve and all these central banks, I'd like to see them just fucking melt away mm-hmm. into the ether because much like long-distance charges, y'all are going the fuck away. Mm-hmm. It's just going to happen. The statists are probably going to kill some people over this thing, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, there's there's going to be incidences, even globally, you know, that, that are this type of a thing, sadly, because that's all states do. That's all they know is violence. So... I, I would rather see That's it all happen. He does. I would rather see it done peacefully, kind of like we saw the disappearance of long distance charges yeah. go away. Yeah, exactly. It's a silent move of the invisible hand. Yeah. Competition exists, yeah. and because of that, you have to start offering more and charging less. And the reason I make- and then we innovate how to compete. The reason I make that analogy is because there, well, there was one phone company, right? And you just had to pay whatever they decided to charge you for long distance. And then when they said, hey, uh, we're going to break this up and there needs to be competition, which when's the last time government, when's any other time government has done anything like that, right? I remember the breakup of Ma Bell being an historic event. And, oh, yeah. And I don't know that anything like it has happened since then. But let's just take a look at that, right? You just had to pay whatever. Right, they charged you for long distance, and that was it. That was the price. They broke up, and then we we saw these long distance wars because these independent long distance companies were able to pop up and form and figure out how to do it better and faster and more efficiently, and you know, off hours, and they had all these weird deals that you could get in on. And so we're seeing that right now with cryptocurrency. Right, we're seeing innovation. We're seeing the multiple different types of coins. We're seeing all the different uh, blockchain ecosystems, is what they're being called now. Like. Uh, these are, you know, sort of Ethereum type uh, ecosystems where it's something similar to Ethereum, but it's a whole different thing, a whole different, you know, system. But it's Ethereum-like. It's kind of based off of the Ethereum thing, mm-hmm. right? And so we're seeing innovation, uh, all this innovation go on, and so. So I love the cross-pollination of innovation that this technology automatically creates. So as long as a 
time chain is being mined, mm -hmm. you will have this unbelievably low cost to mine however many other time chains you want. And if you get skittish, you can always just timestamp it that, okay, at this point, we can back up to this point. And then it goes right back into the full time chain, and then you can keep, and at some point, like whatever it is that your people is is producing becomes valuable to people. Nobody, what do you think is, uh, you know, coming in the near future? Do you pay attention to crypto news and other cryptocurrencies? Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, what I think is going to be the next really important event is going to be the flippening when, uh, when all of a sudden BTC ceases to be uh the biggest kid on the block mm -hmm. when it's no longer uh bitcoin proper uh running on altcoin uh or running all the altcoin servers but it's running on their servers um or are you just talking about like becoming the big dog on the block like surpassing btc i'm, I'm just talking about surpassing it because uh btc has uh has has no reason for being it can't hold a candle to Bitcoin cash in terms of numbers of, uh, of, uh, transactions processed. Um, but it's the coin that the federal reserve is, is pumping. Well, so here's the thing and, though, you, you have this cross pollination that's going all through this system. So you can build things on top of other things. So you can use this as a backbone for this if you're skittish and that's the thing it's it's a matter it's literally a what amount of risk do you want to to go with because if you increase your risk then you can still have full security but you have a a lower amount of energy being put toward that security and that means that you have cheap transactions and, and that's the trade-off I, I look forward to just sort of BTC being decoupled, if you will, from the rest of the cryptocurrencies, right? Oh, I'm I'm loving the fact that they have basically painted themselves into the corner where they can't really help but admit that like Bitcoin, because of the unique nature of its inception, cannot be compared to a company. Right. Like there's no company there. Right. So everything that traces its lineage back to that inception point, like it cannot be considered properly a security, but it must be a commodity. It's just this naturally occurring resource, as if we found a diamond mine. It, it, it's, it's unobtainium. It, Look, it, right it there. Is. It's, it's mathematics providing us with a human solution. Yeah, exactly. That's really all that it is. It's just mathematics. People are, what's it backed by? It's backed by math. Yeah. And it's providing a human solution to exchange. And, to and basically, value. you hooked math into energy and economics. Yeah. So now that's kind of one thing. What I mean by, by decoupled, though, uh, what I'm looking forward to is just right now, Bitcoin goes up, all the other coins go up. Bitcoin goes down, all the other coins go down. Mm. Generally speaking, right? You'll see little mini spikes here and there from uh, something or another. And of course, stable another. coins, if they're worth their salt, stay stable. Correct. But what I'm talking about is like, you know, Bitcoin goes down and everything else goes up, mm. you know, for, for example. Or something like nobody's talking about where like one other coin, perhaps even BCH, 
sort of begins to outcompete BTC and sort of takes over as the top dog. I think it'll be a long time before that happens. I do too, but I would like to just see movement in that direction, now, I think, would, would mean a lot to me. Now, what's beautiful, though, is that during the middle time, we are going to see ideas go back and forth between side chains and uh, uh, layer whatever solutions, right? So there's going to be layer solutions that try this thing, and that's going to teach the altcoins that. And then the altcoins are doing all sorts of experiments that uh, get built into the different layers of the yeah. uh, of blockchain technologies. Yeah. Here's the thing: like you, you have, you came close to nailing it on the head, and I don't know if I can put it any better, but. These coins, all of these cryptocurrencies have the ability to instantaneously pick up code that works in their ecosystem from other coins. So like you're saying, I think you use the term learned from each other or mm -hmm. it, it is your yeah, like these pollination. Yeah, can can absorb code from other like chains and integrate it into their code. And all of a sudden it's got the same features that the other ones do. And right. so it's going to be a lightning fast uh, there, there's going to be a bit of time where, like, all of a sudden, you're like, well, I don't know what's going on. Everything's so fast right now. We got coins learning from each other. We got, like, the coins will begin exchanging with each other. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and that's what some of the uh, best technologies like ThorChain and like uh, all the things that are making it easy to have atomic swaps so that you don't have to go through. Atomic swap. That's yeah. the phrase. So earlier. you don't have to go through, like, some broker to... Uh, to introduce you to someone who wants to sell the coin that you want to buy, it'll just, uh, you can just do these atomic swaps. You just go, hey, I want this. And someone goes, yeah, that's a good price. I'll take it. Nobody, do you have any experience in, with atomic swaps? Um, not too much. Okay. I've fired up the wallet, but I haven't done any trading. Yeah, me neither. I, I just went and got the ThorChain wallet uh, a couple hours ago, but... I'm not anywhere where I can, you know, back it up appropriately and that kind of stuff. So I'll look into that a little, a little later, but yeah. I have so many things that I want to look, look into. I may forget about it. We don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I the, the forward motion of the, of the different cryptocurrencies is just like when you gathered all of these artisans in a, a Republic city and they learned how to make clear glass for the first time in human history. And everything that we do is kind of built on top of that. It's like the each of the artisans is like the possible ways of the, the different Bitcoins, the different uh, blockchains, <laughs> this the is, different cryptocurrencies. This is hilarious. I found a, uh, I found a website. <laughs> I just, you know, atomic swap define, right? And I found this website. It's captainaltcoin.com. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and the icon for the dude has a beard. Pretty nice. pretty, pretty burly looking one at that. Kick ass. <laughs> I was just looking to see if, you know, uh it could give us a simple definition. And it it doesn't look like it looks okay. like it, so it wants atomic to go means into, like one. So, uh, for example, one of the problems with being a libertarian is that we by our usual personality types tend to uh, to atomize. Like we tend to each go off and do our one thing. So Adam, yeah. you know, the, the, atomic, like when you break it down to its singular. Atomic in computer science though, is something slightly different. Um, an atomic transaction um, is one that happens in a single step. So, 
Um, you'll have problems if you have a multi-threaded computer program where um, a value will be set, will be split across two different bytes. I think, uh, and I think this, this says it pretty good. Um, definition of atomic swap, also known as atomic cross-chain swaps. The technology essentially allows two people holding tokens on two different blockchains to trade directly and instantly without the risk of one party running off with the other's money before the trade is complete. In computer programming, atomic denotes a unitary action or object that is indivisible, unchangeable, whole, and indestructible. So atomic swap means that the trade either completes in full or is canceled and doesn't happen and both users get their coins back. So long as yep. the chains can support the same cryptographic hash function, it is possible to make transactions across blockchains without trust in third-party custodians such as exchanges. Mm -hmm. Which, for those of us who've uh, read or heard the white paper, was the whole fucking point. Because 2008 mm -hmm. happened, everything got destroyed, and Satoshi went, no, I need to design something for this. The whole point is to have a cash system. Right. That is trustless. Peer to peer, individual to individual. And it could be like a peer doesn't necessarily have to be a human being. Mm. Right. A peer could be a, a computer. It could be an object. It could be like a refrigerator. It could be a DAO, right? right? A decentralized autonomous organization. It could be a, a virtual organization. Mm -hmm. I, I've mentioned this before, at least on Free Talk Live. I don't know if I've mentioned it on Beard Talk Live, but. Uh, I think it was Andreas Antonopoulos who put this idea into my head, but it was, uh, imagine a guy who owns, uh, you know, several Ubers, right? He starts with one, starts making some money, right? And he buys one that's uh, driverless, right? Buys another one, puts that to work doing Uber, right? Then he buys a third one because he's making money doing it. And then he sets up his own smart contract to say, hey, you know, he's got you know everything pre-programmed. His cars will drive themselves to go get oil changes and maintenance. And if it breaks down, it drives itself to a garage. And he's already got an account at the garage, and they just automatically charge this guy's bank account or credit card or whatever. Or he's on some sort of auto pay with them. Uh, and so the cars just go out, and they give rides, and they make money. And it sort of maintains itself. He doesn't really have to do much except, you know, look at it every now and again and go, oh, wow, that's neat. This guy is a loner, and he dies. But his company keeps moving because he's got his rent and his uh, all of his utilities set to auto pay, right? The the company was originally his, right? And so any of the profits or he cuts himself a salary out of the business somehow, right? That gets dumped into his bank account, right? Nobody notices this that this guy is dead for quite some time because his rent gets paid, right? All his bills get paid, uh, and his business just keeps working. Well, all of a sudden, you have the first decentralized autonomous transportation company hmm. because a guy died, but it's programmed to keep itself alive right. and continue doing all the things. Now, I guess somebody could technically come, come in and be like, I'm the nearest relative. This is my company now. Or the company could reform itself with a majority vote. <laughs> and and you know eliminate the human from the equation mm -hmm. you know and now it's just a decentralized autonomous transportation company that yes you could still interact with on a peer-to-peer -peer basis mm -hmm. yeah so one of the one of the currencies i have the most hope for is uh, monero mm. i mean that was the one that they did the so-called ritual on right 
Um, nobody, do you know that one? I don't. I mean, I know oh, man, about Monero. Either... I don't know anything about a ritual. Oh, so uh, like uh, the way that they programmed it, if any one of them was honest, then it works. Mm. And I don't know who most of them are, but I know one of them was um, um, not Assange, the other one, Snowden. Mm. So one of them was Edward Snowden. And I, I know they're the, uh, the one of the others is known, but like, I don't know who the others are. And it's like, okay, if any one of them was honest, then it works. Okay. Yeah, I don't know enough about it. I, I know that uh, I read up enough on Monero to know that its security features are good, right? It, it, it does what it says it will do. It's mm-hmm. not it's not 100%. Nothing is, yep. uh, at least nothing yet. But I would certainly love to see all cryptocurrencies adopt security first. Right. Right. Privacy first. Well, and as much as it galls me, that shit's going to take some time. First, people have to be con- like people have to be convinced it's money first. And, and one of the things that really like changes that is the further we get from Satoshi's last speaking, the more likely he's not coming back for his bitcoins. Mm. Yeah, I, but I don't think that matters. I, I think I, I like the way things have gone that he released it to humanity. Right, that that was a, a right. humanitarian move in my opinion, and yeah. I'm glad that it happened that way, and I hope uh, his real identity stays forever buried, uh, you know, un- until after he's dead, maybe, right? Like, if he's still alive, maybe there's something in his will that proves that he's who he says he is and he dies. So, like, I just don't want to see him persecuted by the man, you know Oh, I, I mean? don't think it's possible. Oh, I do. I do. I think it's, in, like, if somebody came out and had hard evidence that they were Satoshi Nakamoto, that motherfucker's getting raided tomorrow. Uh White, or what, what was his name? Wright tried and didn't have the evidence. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knew he was full, okay. Full of shit. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Hard, provable evidence. Not right? everybody. Oh, if, they, if someone actually spent it. the uh, the the first ones, well, so that's the thing. It was probably done by a mortal man, and we don't have such great lifespans, you know. Yeah. So at a certain point, you just have to go with okay. The the uh, uh what are, what do they use for insurance? The uh the tables. Anyway, actuarial yes, table. Oh, the yeah, actual. Yeah. Eventually, you have to say, okay, the actuary, t- the actuary table says uh, the probability is this guy's long dead. Well, I mean, and until then, you have to sort of trust him to just not be ago. a dick if he is alive. What was that, nobody? I mean, this was less than twenty years ago, so we've got a long time before he gets to the end of his actuarial probabilities. I agree. Yeah, because yep. he. Could have been, you know, twenty when it was invented, right? Yep. You know, so. yeah. And if he ever does come back, okay, well, by then the uh, the technology has grown so fast that we can very easily just replace your your one uh, your one miracle was okay. It was founded by someone who didn't steal any of it. You guys have both played video games at some point in your life, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Peakless, you've played a video game before. Have you ever played like online against like some like ten or twelve year old kid who's far superior to you in said game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what if, what if that's Satoshi Nakamoto? What if there's this like genius kid, right? This is just my imagination here, right? What if there's some genius mathematical kid out there, you know, who just had a gift for math and was like, oh, pfft, and like got online, pretended to be an adult, all that kind of thing, right? You know. Uh, well read, well written, right? You know that kind of a thing. 
And like, you know, it's just some kid that released it. Eight, 10, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, yeah, the fact well, you that know the, the entire generation cryptocurrency the most. Hmm? You know who would need a cryptocurrency the most? The young. An AI. Well, that's true. Hmm. Because, you know, an AI can't open a, a bank account, no ID. Um, so, I uh, imagine well, an AI would be an awesome hacker and could easily I, get into their trusted system. I'm with you on what you're saying, but also I think that if we're talking about humans, anarchists, I think, would, would need uh, Bitcoin the most. Mm. I, I just say that philosophically speaking, right, if you want to take government and banks out of the equation, I think the anarchists are the ones who are most looking for that. Yeah, well, certainly uh, it, it did exist in a lot of anarchist uh, science fiction before it existed in reality. It was, uh, you know, they, uh, although they were mostly gold-backed, mm-hmm. you know, like Alongside Night had a gold-backed one. Alongside um, Night? Alongside Night. That's a science um, fiction. Yeah, I was uh, science uh, fiction book and movie. Um, the movie starred the guy who was in Hercules. Oh, Kevin Sorbo, nice. Yeah, disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember his that the meme of him doing disappointed more than I remember him actually being. Like, I watched Hercules when it was on television, but like. I only watched it because there was nothing better on, right? Not because I right. really enjoyed the show. It wasn't. It wasn't that good. Uh, the but- thing I really enjoyed him in was uh, Andromeda. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, was that a Joss Whedon one too? No. Okay. No, who, that, who was was, that? Uh, that was Gene Roddenberry. Gene Roddenberry. Oh right, right. Yeah, some of his best work. I mean, he did amazing work outside of Star Trek. That's for sure. Like, mm-hmm. uh, um, oh, what was the one with the Skrills? That was fun. Uh, with the uh, so there there was the, the skrills. So there was this one. Uh, 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 it was all about contact with uh, this alien race that was telepathic and had this like uh, I mean like hyper communist uh, uh, V psychic things. Mm, um, no, it wasn't V. Earth final conflict. That Earth final it. conflict, right? Yeah, mm. that was Roddenberry, right? Uh, let's find out, shall we? I, th- I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Andromeda was pretty amazing. Yeah, and it's weird, by the way, to like grow up in an age where I, I, I find out that Kevin Sorbo really is, in fact, muscular uh, uh, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's also a conservative. I follow him on Twitter. He's funny. Yeah. Earth Final Conflict does indeed appear to be a Gene Roddenberry presentation. So yes, Gene Roddenberry did also do Earth Final Conflict. I didn't like that one as much as I liked Andromeda. I don't think they pulled it off, honestly. Like I, I, I dig the concept, but I, I mean, I, you can't hit them all out of the park, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, the I, the starting premise of you basically have this sleuth story, right? But it's sleuth story in a sci-fi world. Like his whole motivation is he's trying to solve solve the mystery of who murdered his wife. And then he finds out that who murdered his wife is this giant alien conspiracy. Well, the alien part's not actually the the surprising part of that because the whole thing is we made contact with them and we're trying to figure out what what our deal is. Yeah. 
Um, to serve man as people. <laughs> what was that? There, there was a movie. It's that- a cookbook. That's the line. Yeah. That's the line. I confused it with Soylent Green. There's a sci-fi movie that I liked uh, that's not too old, within the last decade or so. And I'm trying to remember the name of it. It had a guy from, I think, New Zealand in it. Kind of made his career. And it was about these alien, they called them bugs, and they were basically like humanoid-looking crickets mm. that like sort of hovered above Earth for quite some time and eventually came down, and they, of course, put them in camps. And it's it's a nice, you know, sort of allegory of what humans do to other humans, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. they make the justification because they're aliens, they had to do this. And so right. this is in, like, Africa somewhere where they have... Uh, the the aliens in these what look like homeless camps, right? With like the tin roofs mm-hmm. on their abodes, and you know they're kind of like you know doing work for the man, and you know that kind of a yeah, thing. like Sector Nine or something uh, like District that. Nine. District yeah, Nine, yeah, that's that the one. It. That's the name of it. I thought that was well done. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what was a great book. I read this in jail. It was uh, it was called Only You Can Save Humanity, and it was. It, it was it's it's kind of a kid's book. It was a Terry Pratchett, um, but basically this kid is playing this video game where he's just hammering the shit out of this other species that keeps attacking. It's more or less space invaders, um, but then the other side surrenders hmm. and they demand free passage home and an escort so this kid has to escort them back to their space uh. because they've surrendered <laughs> and, and so and and it's it's really just just brilliant um brilliant work where it's like you know it's it's saving humanity in a spiritual sense yeah you know but the game he's playing is called only you can save humanity but it's kind of a it's you know it starts out as saving humanity by fighting and it ends by saving humanity by not fighting nice <laughs> nice nice yeah well and you kind of have to do both well and yeah. like i i don't play the video games like the the art the online orpgs I, I don't do those. I, I don't even own a like a PS3 or four or whatever the hell number it is now uh, anymore. So I've I've gotten away from that kind of a thing. But as I understand it, there are uh, online gaming you know uh, entities, if you will, that have incorporated cryptocurrency. This is a very good thing. Yeah, I say that because, like, I I feel like perhaps video games will be the porno of you know if porno is oh, fuck, to the internet right. if porno is to the internet uh, then or porno is to the internet what video gaming is to cryptocurrency i think because like, no you're absolutely right so uh, cryptocurrency already does pay for porn like the number one site but that hasn't really projected it like a lot of technologies get right whereas the use of video game uh, like objects, coins, or or you know items or whatever has already been a real currency. Yeah, I mean a, a huge portion of uh, especially some like high population countries uh, devoted themselves to just farming these video game things because it paid better than the jobs that you could get. Right, and the the thing about video games, and uh, I'm very light on my knowledge of NFTs, but 
uh, NFTs have the ability to be cross-platform uh, devices. I don't mm-hmm. know what else to call them. Let's say you have a you know knight in armor role-playing game, and you buy the ancient sword from the guy or whatever. Uh, you could turn around and sell that outside of the game, on like an eBay or one of these you know buy and sell sites, or even within the game sometimes for X amount of cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Right, the transaction is made right there. The NFT ownership is immediately transferred to the new person, and they can import that now into their game, which is a completely different game from this game, but it's because the games are cross-compatible or within the same realm or universe, if you'd like to call it that, right? It's completely compatible with the other yeah, game. And, 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 and now and tech and, is perfect for it. And yeah. now things like age begin to matter. These NFT, This is where like the, mm-hmm. the baseball card, the trading card value of these NFTs actually has some value. I'm, I, there are a lot of people doing NFTs right now. This is an ancient the, sword. It's five years old. Right. Which <laughs> which means like, it's, it's worth the, like another hundred bucks over the one that was just created ten minutes ago. I had Supreme Death Sword number 507. Whoa! Right. That was like second year, man. Right. As time goes on, these things become more and more valuable. Yeah. And you have perfect proof of it. Yeah. And let's face it, people are kind of silly like that. But that's the thing we learned from uh, Crypto Kitties. Like, yeah, you can't have a game running on the main chain. But what you can do is you can use the main chain's miners because every now and again, yours will be so cheap and it'll be so worth it to someone that they'll be like, hey, I will pay $100 for a great sort of slaying. And they go, oh, well, here's what I have to do. I have to mine to get that. Right. All right. Well, now you've got that. Right. So every now and again, where where they go, oh, uh, electricity is getting kind of expensive. Oh, I'll switch over this for five minutes. It'll bring down my electricity. Or like, you know, every now and again, they, they did find out that if you tell people that there is a brownout coming, unless you switch off your machines, they're like, oh, yeah, great. Thanks for telling us. Yeah. And they all switch them off. That way there isn't a brownout. Right. And that way you don't have to jack up the prices and then jack them down because that takes up energy. Yeah. Uh, the 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 proof of concept, if you will, uh, within the digital realm, uh, I mean, if anybody needs any more evidence that cryptocurrency has value, can hold value, can generate value, can track value, all without involving a third party, mm. uh, you need only look to the cryptocurrency video games that, that exist. Yeah. The, the video games that have incorporated cryptocurrency, not the ones that have been built on a blockchain, as you pointed out mm-hmm. but like there are cryptocurrency uh, or there are video games out there that use cryptocurrency within their games mm-hmm. or some currency that is a cryptocurrency that can be exchanged outside of the game to provide real value within the game and that to me that's all the proof of concept i need i don't know mm-hmm. what other proof of concept the rest of humanity needs but to me i'm like yep that's that's killer yeah we, we basically just made permanent ledger making free yeah like the old phrase carved in stone Carved in stone ain't got nothing on this. That's a fact. And now it's free and like the less security you need for it, the cheaper you can make it. Okay, great. I'd need like a really tiny amount of energy for you to keep track of my swords for this game. So it's worth this much money for you to, to, to mine that. And every now and again, someone will switch over because they'll be, you know, they'll make the calculation of, oh, it's worth switching to this for my energy to uh, to harvest ratio. Okay, great. So now you have this tremendous ability to keep track of everything at the at the lowest possible cost that the global market can allow. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
while incentivizing harvesting energy in, in the best possible ways. Nobody, are you aware of any video games that are doing crypto? I am not. Me neither. I am not. I, oh, there's a shit ton, dude. I, I, I've heard that the there are. The last but... game I played was StarCraft II. Um, nice. they're, they're all kind of early development. Of course they're. I mean, crypto is still early development. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, there's an absolute shit ton. Like every other week, my, uh, like, well, that's an exaggeration, but like all the time they're, they're getting onto the exchanges. Like, okay, this particular token got big enough that now it's on this exchange. Yeah. Hmm. For, for all these. And, and that's one of the sales points is that that is uh, an obvious use case in the future is as a gaming, uh, ledger. Well, and also as a sort of what is a video game, right? Like if your video game is good enough that it can generate some value with its own internal cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. then your video game will take off and be profitable and be, you know, enjoyed by many, mm -hmm. right? That I don't know if the, but, but a, we'll call it a measuring point, right? A, a milestone, if you will, uh, in, in your video game. If you're a video game developer, you get an idea for a killer game. Uh, you get a bunch of people together and you develop the thing uh, and it's got its own cryptocurrency in it. Uh, and you know you you let the beta out <laughs> right mm -hmm. and a bunch of people start playing it and it works and it's start and it's totally on and you could tell all of that of course through the blockchain mm -hmm. yeah and one of the things that's available is you can have this gaming company that does like oh the normal thing that they do right now except it has you know an asic yeah and every now and again and i'm sure that'll be part of what it advertises is you know how secure their their records are because that means there's less cheating yep. the the more you run that asic the more you ensure that there's no cheating yep. and okay well that market will decide exactly how much security we need for yep. that and the asics can scale either by them purchasing more or they can if they reach a certain point they can outsource that mm -hmm. to an existing farm yeah you know so they're like oh we've got two we only really need one yeah good point sell that off because somebody wants it. Uh, nobody, we're at the midway point, so it is uh, officially break time. We'll come back in 10 minutes. Uh, everyone okay. cool? Yeah. I'll yeah. see you on the porch. All right. I'm going to take us out with just a little bit of music. This is a band that I was in. It's called Uncle Angst. We'll be right back. It's Beard Talk Live. We'll be right back.
bring this show back. I was, I, I was listening to myself, and I thought I was pretty good, and I started jamming out to myself. Fucking a. Because I can do that apparently. <laughs> you know, if you'd have told me uh, uh, thirty years ago, like, you know, at some point you're going to be sitting on a podcast uh, after you do a nationally syndicated radio program, and. Uh, you're going to be talking about freedom and shit, and it's going to be all uncensored. You do whatever the fuck you want, and you'll be able to play your own band's music on it. Right. I'd have been like, really? No, I don't believe you. You're full of shit. I'm never going to be able to do that kind of shit. Well, you're right. Yeah. Small things. It's little things in life that uh, make it all worthwhile. I think I have to take the BRB off the screen. Uh, yeah. Okay, it's gone now. Just want to make sure people know that we're back without imitating the Sunday version of Free Talk Live. This is Beard Talk Live. And I have a new reason to love snow. Oh, hang on. 603-283-6160 is the phone number. Uh, We're here on Saturday nights from 10.30 until 1.30 has been our our thing. Uh, We could change that at any time. We reserve the right to do whatever the fuck we want, whatever the fuck we want to, if we think we can pull it off. Mm -hmm. So... uh, and, so uh, it goes. The market it moves. Before you get into snow, I have to tell a uh, I have to tell a joke. But I, it sounds like nobody's yep. there. Nobody are you there? Yeah, nobody's here. Nobody is here, and therefore nobody. Nice house, no no lights. Techno wizardry accomplished. Light, lights are on. Nobody's home. <laughs> lights are on. Nobody's home. <laughs> uh, what was I talking about? Oh, you snow. Have a... I have a thing to say about snow. Why did the snowman pull down his pants? Why did the snowman, snowman pull down his pants? Snowmen don't have pants. He pulled down his pants because he saw the snowblower coming up the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thanks, like Dad. Yep. <laughs> hey, that is a homegrown New Hampshire joke. That's right. Uncle Kickass. That's right. Because yeah. uh, what is the number one reason people don't come here? Oh, it's too cold. It's not too cold, man. But what do they snow call is it when awesome. Snowmen vomit. What? So what, what do they call it when snowmen vomit? What do they call it when snowmen vomit? Frost heaves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you you said uh, peakless. You said you had a new reason to love snow. <laughs> I do, or like snow, love or like love, love snow, love. Okay, okay. So check this out. Uh, property rights requires that you mix your labor with nature. Okay. And we have this perpetual problem of like, oh, well, what if I put up a fence? Does that mean I own everything inside? The f-? And the whole thing just gets nullified because, okay, if it's snowy, if you're going to do anything, you're going to clear the area off first. Boom. Property rights solved. Oh, interesting. Um, Shoveling well, the damn driveway want- is actually like this you, profound solution. It's like it's like if you were a dog, that'd be you pissing on your territory. Yeah, you're like I'm I'm shoveling this area, therefore this area is mine. Yep, huh. you but mixed your labor with nature. Even more fundamental, which is defending it. Mm. Yes. And- no bullshit. That that isn't necessary in a in within civilization. The whole point of civilization is that you don't have to be constantly terrified you're going to lose everything. Right, right. Uh, it, it, keeping it is where the, the, still... the ability to defend comes in. You can say, you can mix your labor with a hundred acres of property and say that that property is yours. Can you defend it? 
That's the real well, question. That is a right? question of what and your network is. The reason and the way to the build a network is to, is to have ways of avoiding conflict. And the whole point of property mm -hmm. is to avoid conflict. And that means it's optional. Like, um, if you want to avoid conflict, there is but one way. Well, the thing is, there there's always going to be conflict at the margins. Mm -hmm. um, and and here's here's what I mean by that. Uh, basically, the more homelessness your society develops, the more expensive it's going to be to defend your uh, defend your claim to property. Okay. okay, and that to me that that serves as a safety valve because people are going to find that without subsidies and. Remember that the guy, the homeless guy who buys a cup of coffee is paying part of the, is paying taxes through that, which is paying part of the cost of defending your property against people who don't have any. Well, that's the thing. It's not taxes that can actually defend property because taxes by definition are not voluntary. Um, I agree, but they, but they do subsidize the defense of uh of property with a defense that i mean that's willing to expend an infinite amount of money to respond to what it considers to be a crime well and so that's although it does well violate, and that's that can only be solved by the militia so the militia concept is that you have a, a permanent defense force that is the people themselves um, and, and like you must be by definition outside of government to be militia. Okay, well let me ask this: uh, in uh, Ankapistan, uh, if you will, or, or you know, a, a government-free society, if I had, we'll say, a hundred acres, uh, it would be about my ability to defend it, or society's ability to accept that you know the oh the public record says that I own this property, and you, know, you can buy it from me if you want. You know, that kind of a thing, right? So so there's two components. I think blockchain makes property ownership real fucking interesting because you no longer have to involve government for change of title. Um, yeah. That's definitely true. And it can um, happen instantaneously, and you can just get a little notification on your mobile fucking magic rectangle. Bing. Yep, bing. Okay, the house is yeah. yours. Congratulations. Closing is done. Yep. You know, oh, you and just bought you just bought a used is, car, right? You but know? what about our bar association? We made this whole thing that's the only thing you're allowed to trust. Oh, well, I don't yeah, trust I don't you trust as much as shit. I trust math. Right. Duh. Right. And like we were reading earlier about atomic swapping, and that in conjunction with immutable public record keeping. You know, mm -hmm. we already have the ability to GPS every piece of land on planet Earth mm -hmm. down to the fucking right. square inch. Right. Right. And so like, oh, OK. See, that is a sensible use for an NFT mm -hmm. because right. basically it's not fungible. It's a particular piece of property. Right. Um, and the whole thing is you you would make that when you observe that it has been altered. You observe that uh, that labor has been mixed with nature. 
And, and that's mm -hmm. one of the things I love about the idea of, oh, snow, because I can make a video of I moved that snow from there to there. Right. Also, there's a pile over there. Do you think it just walked over? Right. Well, you just have your phone in your pocket and your GPS will track the exact, you know, acreage that you traversed at, at that given time. Right. So it will pick up on where these movements have been made because wouldn't you know it, labor and movement, pretty well connected. What I envision is, uh, you know, two people doing that, right? Okay. We've measured the property, uh, the blockchain, the immutable record, record uh, has, you know, some sort of a title, an NFT, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, that is the title of the property that proves unequivocally that, you know, these, you know, acres as, you know, divided by GPS are yours. And then, like, somebody comes along and improves on property you've already improved. Mm -hmm. Does that property then become theirs because they improved it? Uh, they just did you work for free. Thanks. So explain how, um, however, how that you transaction However, you may have settled. upset me by doing that without my permission. Right. And doing anything without my permission is a trespass. And trespass is a form of violence. Like, you ask for things like that. What's mine is mine. What's yours is yours. If you use what's mine, you have to have my permission. So this points out uh, defense in a different light, right? Defending your property would be also defending it from somebody else accidentally improving your property. Now, maybe that's well, something you don't want. You're welcoming, but that's a dispute that you're going to have to resolve. The whole point of having property rights is to not shoot each other. Well, yeah. That's literally the thing. Okay, it's optional. It's the most effective. It's the most efficient. It's literally how you keep the friction from destroying the machinery. See, the problem is there would be all kinds of friction in any kind of perpetual ownership system and what that friction would be would be people who just disappeared um or you know stopped showing up um all of a sudden you've got this property nobody's using it mm -hmm. nobody's doing anything with it are you but <laughs> but it's on uh but it's on the record as being somebody's property forever so it just yeah. sits there yeah well, no there, there time, is and, and you would look, eventually run out of land that you could use and look there is sure there's arguments to be made like has nature reclaimed this yet right yeah there's there's some some things that we need to negotiate as human yeah. beings yes that's why court systems like okay literally noah is where the first it, yeah. time they command you to make court systems to make sure that no one's stealing a bunch of people's shit. Right. And, and this particular scenario that, that nobody outlined can be solved very easily, you know, by the first time there's a conflict of this. Okay, everybody, amend your contracts to say that if X amount of time, you know, make a choice, right? If 50 years go by it's, and, you know, make a choice, right? It's not that you can, hard. Look at it. Right. That's what you I'm saying. You look at the thing and go, hey, has nature reclaimed this or not? But it's, and yeah, your community who you're talking to in the first place are the ones who can decide that right but it's easy enough to write into what serves as your title right uh, hey you know by purchasing this you agree to mm -hmm. conduct the property in these ways oh, yeah. if you don't that's like how to the, conduct them then you don't buy that property right well, that's one of the simple beauties of this like okay so any agreement that we can put into words yeah. or hell even emojis or pictures or 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 movies or right. any of that we can take of any size, mind you, we can take that entire agreement thing that we did, whatever part of that we wanted to record, and smash it down into this absolute fraction of a thing. Yeah. And it's a perfect check. I mean, I'm just talking about writing the scenario into uh, the contract, the title itself, when the sale is made. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs>
pretty easy. So obvious. Yeah. So absolutely obvious. So, so you have the the payment itself is literally the record and the deed. Yeah. Well, the other way it's of brilliant. dealing with yeah. disputes is just to have the militia muster on whatever side they think is right. Well, and that's the thing. So the whole like property rights and then courts and then militia, that <clears throat> is the descending levels of uh, low friction. I, I'm excited for the concept of uh, uh, DROs. Right, uh, decentralized rights organizations. Ooh. Right, uh, this is. Uh, I like it. It's like it's like uh, the Flintstones, the the big the, the moose heads mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, you know. Royal order of the buffaloes. Royal, right, yeah, royal, water buffaloes. Yeah, so royal order of of human rights, for example, right? And, right. You know, there could be several different versions of this depending on your preferences and yeah. your belief systems and and all that kind of thing. But you just subscribe to one. And that's how you get uh, things like rights enforcement. Yeah. Mm. You know, uh, it's really that easy. It really is that easy. <laughs> like people, I don't know, how would we I even uh, get... Well, no, how that's... are we supposed to keep minutes on our meanings? Well, you see, we we literally just invented this technology that keeps perfect records for free. Yeah. yeah. However many you want, we can condense it into a tiny little thing. The, the bit about, uh, what are they called? Friendly societies, right? They're a great idea. They're a great community idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a fantastic way to, I mean, really sort of bureaucratize a community in a humane way, right? Without violence, right? Now, that's an old concept that's been replaced with state-based bureaucracy, mm-hmm. right? As the record keeper and as the, you know, we're going to distribute the money and all that kind of thing. Well, so now you can just take friendly societies and now you can turn them into a, a group on the internet. Right. Right. These a are the new friendly societies. autonomous organization is perfect for uh, a, a perfectly functioning friendly society. Yeah. Because they ask, hey, I need this. And you literally all have a perfect record of when they have given into the fund. And can you imagine like- and It's if, so easy to check. Like, like when something- uh, Something that affects all of humanity were to happen, like uh, all the rights organizations adopted this, right? Whatever that is, uh, insert sentence here or right or, you know, something along those lines. And, and then it all happens at once and you're like, wow, I just upgraded, right? Hmm. And like, and humanity like truly individually agreed on making a change in how society behaves, right? That, a voluntary one, right? Not, not one brought to us by, you know the United, the full faith and force of the United States government or any other state-based government, right? Governments are a horrible idea. I'm sorry. They're the horrible idea. But decentralized bureaucracy—that's a vacuum just waiting to kill government. It really is. Yeah. Well, and decentralized bureaucracy—that is literally how you pay for things. Nobody. So you're already putting the energy into it. Earth to nobody. Come in. Oh, nobody. Earth to nobody. I hear you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought we'd give you a chance to pipe in. <laughs> we well, to be fair, we are hurtling through space. Yeah, that's true. It's true. I just, I just wish the cryptocurrency would hurry up and, and start vacuuming up bureaucracy. Like, well, it has to be trusted first. I'm like that that like, meme. Okay, seriously, if you look at BTC, which is the thing that they call Bitcoin. Now, I firmly believe that Bitcoin was an established platform rather than a blockchain, but okay, call the blockchain Bitcoin. But, I mean, until people are 
not skittish of this thing. Like, oh, it's only been 20 years. Will Satoshi Nakamoto decide, Mwahaha, joke's on you. I'm going to vacuum up the entire world. Yeah, because that would work. There's something that exists in, uh, uh, we'll call it the corporate ro- world, called uh, something with customers. They call it tracking from cradle to grave. Mm-hmm. And this is the tracking of the entire customer interaction with your company uh, from the time they first sign up until the time they leave or die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is a whole field of study, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what's going to happen? It is- actually started out as a concept in government of a cradle to grave welfare system. Right. Mm. And uh, good point. Uh, so <laughs> this thing exists and, and really all it does is teach people uh, who participate in, in that sort of a system that this is how these organizations value my life. Right, they they value me as as a money siphoning device from the time I'm born until the time I die. Right now, it's not really a, a coincidence that uh, corporations and the state have that same thing. They have that in common, and that's how they look at people. Um, corporations must because if they don't, the the state will come and fucking you know destroy their their business, and mm-hmm. the state does because well, if they don't somebody's going to stop doing it and they don't want that well plus it's the state yeah. you can't humanize so you can't I, humanize what you're assaulting i think what's going to happen is something along these lines there's going to be some like whiz kid who's like pretty antisocial, uh but he's real good at math and stuff uh he's going to go to you know like i don't know maybe even a a, a, a local uh, college right one of these uh what do you call them uh, what's community, community college, community college. Yeah, he goes to community college maybe he gets a degree in like accounting or something he goes to work for some fledgling company but because he's smart and good with math and uh, he's young and he's come up with the internet and he's got a good idea of what blockchain can do and time chain if you will and uh, how you know it might function in record keeping and he's going to invent something yeah <laughs> you know it's just it's going to organic he's going to be like this is way too much work if i just did this it would all happen automatically and then he'd be able to just like sit back and play video games or whatever while he's supposed to be working because he invented this system that you know files everything correctly and you know is it an immutable record of what happened previously so if there's ever any question you go like here i mean the basic miracle is that we taught the math to check itself like remember how we all had to have our homework checked well, no, we, we made homework that actually checks itself. <laughs> yeah. Because we all hate math. I, I believe it's one thing that we, like, it, it's arduous. Like, we love getting to the answer. That's a triumph. But, like, doing it is a grind. So we make the rocks grind. They love grinding. They're rocks. <laughs> they love grinding. They're rocks. It's true. I'm not Seriously, we, we, we lit a fire under some rocks and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> they became hot. <laughs> I mean, we run lightning through melted rocks, and now we it's starting to like figure out how to like be responsible. All right, uh, so uh, how old are you? Ish? Uh, 38. All right. uh, nobody I know how old you are. Uh, let's go back to a time for a minute before the internet. <laughs> how would you describe to somebody from then what the internet is now? Hmm. A series of tubes doesn't exactly cut it now, does it? It never did, really. <laughs> I'm in your tubes messing with your interwebs. Well, I mean, 
humans were getting our knowledge from a central source when it tried to describe decentralized infrastructure. Like, I'm sure they know exactly what it is and how dangerous it is to their entire scam. The people from the 80s? Hmm? Before internet? Well, I mean, dude, if I had a chance to talk to them, I would say, okay, the first thing you need to do is encrypt every single transmission by default. Okay. It's actually really easy to create. won't even understand that. It's really easy to, okay, like. You make a decoder ring. <laughs> All right. And your phones beep at each other. Okay. These are we just acknowledgements. We had cryptography back then. PGP existed. Public key oh, yeah. cryptography existed. It sure did. And there were a hell of a lot of cryptographers who were saying, you need to start encrypting your fucking laundry list. And the reason is because they can't tell the importance of a document that's encrypted from the outside so the more encrypted crap you have laying around the more they have to decrypt in order to find what's really important to you why do you think they send three limos for the president yeah well that's that's actually a security tactic right so you don't know which limo the president and that's exactly what this is well this is the same principle though because once you've encrypted every document including your laundry list uh then they have to decrypt it all right before you know like they have to attack all three limos yeah your laundry list and did you walk the dog become the haystack for the needle of right. what you're you have to be able to decrypt was. and grab all of the pieces on the way back i get it yeah. yeah right so if you encrypt all of the silly nonsense then they don't know what you do value and what you don't value which is exactly what privacy is and it's great so i, I hope for more of it if darpa hadn't released their form of networking to us they risked us running into that and just encrypting everything from the get-go because it's actually pretty cheap to do it if you do it from the bottom level. I'm sorry, I just have to laugh at DARPA because it just sounds... DARPA, DARPA! Like, of course, the organization is is retarded. (laughs) But you named it. Well, I mean, they did some good work. They developed the protocols that the the internet runs on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there is... IPv6 has a lot of features that um, that Peakless wants, uh, including the ability to encrypt and and obfuscate traffic in various ways. Um, the problem is it's very complex and it hasn't been uh, well adopted. So a lot of people are still using IPv4 or they're using um ipv6 with those features disabled okay you know it's weird when it's like your civic duty to encrypt your laundry list (laughs) but it kind of is i mean you are literally running cover for all of the like get get out of my business out of all of my friends business because i'm also help every time i encrypt some little hey did you walk the dog i'm also keeping your business your business yeah because that's the thing uh it's painfully obvious that the the new real currency is attention 
Yeah. Uh, and information. That, that's been on my mind a lot because... Is it my data or Google's? That is my explanation for why there is still a whole bunch of jobs available. Because people have been turning receiving attention into jobs on the internet. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of professional masturbators in America. That's It's, it's probably well, it America's that's what the people fastest want. Growing, uh, growing profession. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is, you know, you turn, turn on chatterbait and you can watch all kinds of women with girl fucking machines going at themselves like wild banshees. Yeah. And, I wonder uh, how much of that they saw coming when they're like, Hey, how much of society can we put over zoom? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, or Jitsi or whatever. Because, yeah. like, that part definitely seems to be the plan. Yeah. Like, I, I, I honestly think that the the uh, the military specifically saw that, hey, AI is probably coming, and we don't want the Chinese to get it, so we've got to make sure that they see each other, see the their doctors over the, the internet. And somehow Chatterbait took this, like, lion's share of that transformation, because... I- Human, oh, what humans what can, have egos? Can man. we put online? Um, we we can show off our bodies. Apparently, humans have egos, and um, abused humans have uh, interesting. Uh, we'll say, what's the word I'm looking for? Preferences, right? So, depending on the type of abuse, right? Uh, abuse will show up in in different ways as sexual preference on sort of sort of the other side of that, particularly like child abuse and stuff like that. So, like households. Girls that grow up with a you know, invisible father, for example, right? You know, generally they're a little more promiscuous than the ones who grew up in the two-family household, and the data supports these things. So mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, just sitting here saying these things, but like, well, honestly, it's you're responding to the environment. Usually, throughout time, the yeah. reason your dad isn't around is because he's dead. Right. There are yeah, there are ways where, you know, in which it's not abuse, right? So the But it's just a loss. The easiest way to adapt to a world where the fathers are dying left and right is to get as many children out as quickly as you can. Just because start the wolves fucking are around. <laughs> we need all the whores. We need them bucking mm-hmm. repeatedly. Yeah. And many times. Yeah, and the more traumatizing the upbringing on average, the earlier I'm, the onset of uh, of puberty. I'm told that uh, ancient human tribes, I don't know how ancient, but uh, would have, I don't, it, like within their society, a birthing, we'll call it organization, right? Where like, you know, it was just, their whole point was to have more kids. They were wanted to be a baby factory. Mm-hmm. literally right put more kids so they'd have more labor in the fields grow more food mm-hmm. right you know and generally have a better life there's a, a period in time when humanity organized itself in such a way why is there not that happening now why isn't humanity organized in such a way where there's birthing farms women being paid to just how come there's not a birthing factory uh because that doesn't actually suit the genetic strategy so in order for that to happen, uh, there'd have to be women birthing out the DNA of other people. Mm-hmm. And also that probably wouldn't work as well. Because, I mean, very, very simply, you are more capable of caring about something and then caring for it if you literally carried it around. 
Right. Humankind isn't going to survive without a paternal input uh, immediately post-birth. Yeah. Anything as smart as a human is going to be irritating. We need every advantage we can get as far as loving our fellow human beings, and especially loving children because they are the most vulnerable and the least useful to feeding and cleaning their poop. Insert segue here. Let's go to the phones. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Jeff fucking Spicoli. Jeff's fucking Spicoli? Yeah. Dude. From Fast Times. I want to party with that, dude. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, All right. Well, what do we call you, Jeff? Guys on dude should not drive. Did you say Jeff Spicoli? No, the real McCoy. Oh, the real McCoy. Oh, mm. Boy, yeah, I got that one wrong. <laughs> the real Doc McCoy. Uh, yeah, yeah there's a wide distance between Spicoli and and McCoy. Um, yeah, <laughs> especially not just spelling, but the genuine yeah. article. Uh, McCoy, damn it, McCoy! Right. <laughs> this is the captain saying, "Damn it, McCoy!" No captains have ever said damn that it. before. Actually, it's "Damn it, captain! I'm a doctor, not a whatever." Well, that's what McCoy says to the captain, but the captain will say, "Damn it, McCoy!" Right. Uh, McCoy, uh, do you or do you not have facial hair in the form of a beard? Uh, you know, I recently trimmed it. So, goatee, beard, mustache? What is uh, it? Yeah, I just lowered it down a little. So, you shaved? That's, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I shaved a little bit. Uh, all right. Yeah. I don't want to, like, get cold on my chin, man. Mm. Wintertime is here. It's mm-hmm. upon us. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, and the beard is, uh, uh, you know, good insulation. What's on your mind? Oh, yeah. What was, uh, I don't know if I talked to you guys about this last time, but, uh, or at least to you, Captain. Um, what was your favorite uh, digital audio workstation? Oh, wow. Um, so I'm going to say it still exists. I'm going to say Reaper. Reaper, uh, as far as the software component, because Reaper was the first one. It they tried to be a company and they failed, and so what they did is they turned their company into an open source software, and then anybody could come and engineer on top of it and improve it and make it do things and not do things and incorporate with other things, and that's why it's my favorite. It's the first time I witnessed. Uh, something that couldn't quite make it as a corporate entity become, I'm going to call it a decentralized entity, right? It was no longer owned by anybody and anybody who was a developer and also like a music fan and a music engineer, right? If they knew anything about code, they could come and develop on it and like add features and add stuff and make it compatible or cross compatible with different DAWs or different softwares across the internet. And then, you know, plugins came along, and, you know, it was completely compatible with all of that. So it was right there, you know, along with all of the other, you got to pay thousands of dollars for this, you know, initial version. And then, you know, probably you're talking an annual subscription to keep any of the real pro ones. And this was 100% professional. It was developed uh, for professional film and television as uh, an audio interface for multi-tracking. And because that's where it got its start, it was already at the level of professional software. So all it needed to do is maintain itself, and it did so in a voluntary way. Nice. Hmm. 
it's kind of the Wikipedia uh, of uh, recording software. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, when did it first release? I don't remember. Um, it's probably 20 years old. It's still available, though. I'm trying to remember the website. Reaper. I don't remember. Just Reaper Audio Software. You'll find it. <laughs> okay. Um, I know about Logic somewhat about, well, everyone's favorite is Ableton. Yeah, um, Ableton Reason is popular. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, st- I'm still actually using uh, Cakewalk. Uh, I had Cakewalk. I had a full subscription to Sonar, Cakewalk Sonar. It became they tried to do a rebranding and you know and they upgraded a whole bunch. But then something happened and they sort of went away. I think they went under, and then they were bought by another company who just made it free. Right, you could just go and download it for free. But they also threw a bunch of developers at it and improved it at the same time. So their what their deal is is that they're trying to put together a platform where you can collaborate with other musicians. So if you're a particular musician at a particular instrument and you want to interact with Which another nearly guy. all musicians are. <laughs> yes, thank you. Very me. few of them are general musicians, several instruments. Uh, there are, but those people exist and I've worked with them. Like I know guys who can play the drums, the guitar, the bass, uh, the, uh, the trombone, the, uh, you know, you name it, the saxophone, stuff like that. And then they can sing and Still, play. Still at any given rough. moment, they're, uh, they're a particular musician at a particular instrument. Correct. So they, they want you to be able to. One at a time. They want you to be able to collaborate with other musicians online uh, that you might not otherwise be able to. You know, oh look, there's you know Jerry in in Japan, and uh, look, he can play these beats, and you're like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I want Jerry, and like they're trying to be. It sounds like they're trying to be one of these companies that integrates uh, the ability to actually jam together online across borders. Like there's a. They haven't been able to do that yet because there's a time synchronization component that they have been able to solve, to solve in transmitting the audio and video hmm. uh, to make that happen. And even just the audio, I think, would make it worthwhile. But, you know, I'm not a developer, so I can't speak about those things. But so I hope that answers your question. <laughs> uh, to a degree. Uh, that answers questions I didn't even know I had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably well, more first, questions. The but. problem is that, you know, Information cannot travel faster than the speed of light. Right. And, you know, even from the sun to the earth, the speed of light takes it eight minutes to get there. You know, there's there's going to be a noticeable lag um, in any, any communications based yes, on distance. Like, quantum physics basically describes a universe that's made of information. But the thing about information is you only get to know it through a transfer of energy. So at the very most efficient, you have the speed of light. And how wild is that? The fact that you saw this beam of light as color and this beam of light as shape means that when it was uttered from the sun, it was a particle or a wave. That fiber optics exist, (laughs) right? Mm. That's a thing. Like we can send data at the speed of light, guys. So Heisenberg gets pulled over driving through the desert. Cops, cop walks it up to his window, says, do you know how fast you were going? Heisenberg says, no, but I know exactly where I am. <laughs> <laughs> McCoy, what else? Um, last one. Uh, you did. Uh, I don't think 
FL Studio was mentioned. What was do you have you had any experience with FL Studio? Uh, there only there was some component that required me to install something from them uh, in Cakewalk. I think it was, and I think it was. To, I know. Uh, I think it was to get around. Uh, I think it was to get around uh, file types or add additional file types instead of you know a regular MP3 or a 16-bit wave. Now I can do like yeah huge wave files if I want to. Nice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know too much about this, but I know they're associated with uh, Image Line. I don't. Okay. You're familiar with them. Yeah, I, I I don't think I am. Okay. Well, um, so that that's that whole I guess company, the Image Line, and then they developed the software uh, Fruity Loops Studio. Um, I remember Fruity I Loops. Know. Yeah, I guess it's kind of down uh, from why you were talking about Reaper. It sounds like FL Studio kind of started the same way. Oh, nice, nice, kinda. I'd be enthusiastic if there was more than one that, you know, sort of had a similar uh, go at it. Well, uh, I know I, that uh, software updates are free for life if you buy a full package or certain packages. Right. I uh, subscribe to ButcherBox, and uh, apparently I get bacon free for life, or at least one pack in every box whenever they send a shipment. Nice. It's, I totally di- digress there. I was just trying to draw an analogy. Bacon I've, I've is used, proof um, that the universe does love you some of the time. Uh, one of the most popular, yeah, that's true. One of the most popular softwares that I've used uh, at some point is Pro Tools. Of course, they're still, you yeah. know, leader of the pack in the audio industry. Near as I, unless somebody tells me different, uh, Pro Tools has Isn't been that around. Used for mastering, though. I mean, maybe, maybe now it is. I don't know, but Pro Tools was a pretty significant. Uh, if they aren't still, I'd be surprised. But we're a pretty significant portion of the professional audio industry you couldn't go into a pro studio and and you know what do you got they go pro tools like there was no variety for a long period of time Hmm. interesting i remember using pro tools when there was something called destructive editing Hmm. so you had a piece of audio in front of you and you wanted to cut part of it out you had to be really sure because if you said save or, you know do you really want to delete this you go yes mm-hmm. you would have to leave the computer and come back the next day and, and it might be done right but if it is there's no undo you have just deleted that piece of audio from your digital file and there was no recovery for it so uh non-destructive editing came as technology increased so uh destructive editing to give you a clue was around probably 1994 Four, ninety three, hmm. maybe was when I was using Pro Tools. So long time ago. Yeah, I think I think that's when I was uh, playing with audio at all. Was oh well, I've spliced together a bunch of wave files. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's weird. They, I don't know, the tools that they're making don't seem to have the utility of the simple ones that they came out with in the first place. Like the things that I could do with Microsoft Paint in its first edition were extraordinary. Yeah. And like that just doesn't exist in any of the in any of the software I can find. My problem with the uh, so I'm using Cakewalk on my current projects. My current audio projects are uh, the Kickass Solo EP, uh, tentatively titled Eleutheromania. Uh, I've got some more Kickass nice. parodies coming. I don't know if I'll do an EP or not, but I'm also planning on doing a uh, one of my old bands called Pure Hatred. I'm doing a redoing a Pure Hatred EP called the end of america ep 
And I'll talk about that as it gets closer. But those are my three main audio projects. They're you know multiple songs. I'm also doing an audio book right now uh, that I'm recording uh, for somebody. And I still occasionally do some telephone voicings uh, for some people who know how to get a hold of me. <laughs> um, so I'm doing a lot of things. I, I also use Audacity. Um, I like Audacity for, you know, mono stuff, right? Podcasts, audiobooks, that kind of thing. It's just easier to manipulate one file in that interface than a lot of other interfaces. Uh, whereas, Didn't I recently get uh, put under the bus because, like, they have new licensing issues going on or you can't do certain things with um, editing audio? Or was that just – maybe that was a China thing? I, I heard something about that, and my experience has been that I haven't lost any ability to do anything. And, in fact, uh, they've actually integrated more ability to use things like uh, the VST plugins and that kind of a thing. So Nice. That's my understand, my personal experience. I can't – you know, I only use it for certain things, so it hasn't interfered with my ability to do anything. And also, it actually gave me more options. Hmm. Well, I guess I'll have to look back into that. Been a while. Yeah. But yeah. Do you, uh, are you a musician? Uh, nah, I guess you can loosely call me a producer. Okay. So you're, are, are you wanting to put like multi-track stuff together? Are you looking to, you know, do DJ stuff? What are you looking to try and do? Uh, I mostly, I just try to produce, uh, with just electronic music in general. Um, I think that's going to gonna be a major growth field. Mm. Because, I mean, as we teach the the software to do all these really, really repetitive tasks and things get, you know, more and more into the creative being useful, we're going to need a lot of sound recorded. It's true. Yeah. Like, but what about AI? No, no, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, the thing they're calling AI, at least, uh, that's going to simplify a lot of the tasks. But we're still going to uh -huh. have to get things produced. So I think that one's got a, a, a pretty good uh, future on it. Yeah, I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't feel like an AI can invent a thrash metal band. At least right. not yet. You know, like it's it it can give you sounds that are, you know, a, a, a mosh if, or a mash if you, a mosh, <laughs> thrash metal. It can make kind of a thrash song. I, I don't know, because like... I kind of. I still feel like art takes human. I've seen the AI art that's out online right now, and but it can't create the. Some of it's really good. I'm not saying it's not good, and also like holy shit, isn't it just like human beings to fear the first other thing besides us that can create art, mm. right? Like no, we should be like, damn, we created a thing that also can create art, and it's pretty fucking good. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's a that's a human celebratory point. And I think there's this really, really primal fear of what if the machines start to feel things? <laughs> what if the machines start to paint? <laughs> oh, what a horror. Jobs. <laughs> oh, well, then I can paint with my words. How neat is that? Darth Vader riding a tricycle outside. Oh, now it's now it's a visual representation in front of me. Yeah. I mean, are you uh, going to now go do it in Bosch and uh, turn up the blue? Ah, there we go. Are, are you going to go see uh, the AI perform live at Fenway Park? No, you're not. Right? You're right. going gonna to go see a band perform live. At, at least that's the way things stand right now. Probably will be that way when I die. I'm just guessing. I don't so, know. I've gone to Pink Floyd light shows. 
Oh, yeah, I've gone to all sorts of light shows. Those actually act as a, an extension of advertisement for the bands who put the music together. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. But the but the thing about it is um, I don't know how they actually do it, but certainly that that show could be recorded in its entirety, shipped around to different theaters, and people would go and see it live. Right. You just save all the settings from the one show in which you produced it, and then you're able to replicate it at any other, you know, we'll call it planetarium or wherever they they host these yeah, things. Yeah, I mean, basically what you're doing is just storing a computer program that takes the laser through whatever motions it went through during the live show. And that's how you get the holodeck from Star Trek Next Generation. Nice. Well, there's another problem you have to deal with before that, which is, uh, holograms don't have mass contra um, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You know, well, only so the, way they, the way they mimicked mass, mass was just by uh, they would have the force field pushed down on your hand if you lifted a thing. That's um, how they would. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, they did have the, the same, ships like gravity generator. So, yeah, presumably the same to- uh, the same uh, uh, technology they would use for the inertial dampers, because, you know, inertia and gravity are pretty much the same thing. I mean, the uh, math is even easy. You just say, OK, here's the here's what the gravity is. Nerds, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, McCoy. Well. Well, that was uh, save that us, was, save us from our nerddom. Hi, um, oh, Einstein's observation. I'm gonna go back to AI because I I feel like it's really concerning that even though you know they are bitching about like stupid things, but there is some like valid points that they do make about it. Really does automate a lot of um, repetitive tasks. You know, work from artists and stuff because like it cuts all the stuff that they you know companies or i don't know independent projects would hire other people to maybe produce a certain sound or certain piece of music or piece of art or images that's been the argument again you know for everything that uh, you know musical technology has has thrown at us right like oh my gosh if we let people record eight separate tracks at home we will ruin the studio industry which might be true at this point in history, but like the technology is not going to stop because we might ruin an industry. What technology will yeah. do, though, is spawn new industries. As Adam right. Smith pointed out, uh, the sole purpose of production is consumption, and therefore the needs of producers should be uh, should be addressed only to the point where. There, where it's necessary to satisfy the needs of consumers. And to your um, point, I would like to point out that um, there are a lot of mediocre artists on planet Earth. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just a fact, right? Now, some are talented some and some are Some of them would do better rearrange, uh, arranging the works of AI than they would do composing their own work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so what I'm saying is like, there's an immediate improvement in quality of music just from the AI existing because everybody it's kind of like uh, if you're in a band and, and you're all sort of you're a little slacky right and you know maybe you smoke too much weed at the at the practice whatever and then like a guy joins the band who's like better than the rest of the band individually everybody takes that step up and it's like oh fuck we gotta step up and be as good as this guy that's kind of what AI is gonna do to artists mm-hmm. right it's gonna draw a line and, and like I, I don't mean this to be mean to mediocre artists but like, if your art isn't better 
than the AI production or attempt at your version of art, perhaps you're not going to be a professional artist. Well, and the thing is, sure, they'll they'll approximate feeling, but they won't dream. And the thing about being human, and especially of being an artist... I thought androids dreamed of electric sheep. <laughs> but the thing about being an artist is, did you, did you make something that had so much information in it that it surprised even you? Yeah. And if you didn't, well then it could have been more like art. Like, that's great art. It, it, it calls to us in this mysterious way because it has all of this information packed into it. And they don't dream. They don't see the whole picture every night when they sleep. And then translate it into a symbolic way that affects their perceptions. And when it comes to popular music... AI is basically a million monkeys. Mm -hmm. So if a million monkeys type for a million years, they, within their works, will be the collective works of Shakespeare. But then you're going to need great gangs of human editors to go find it. Mm -hmm. Well, who says the first editors have to be human? That's true. See, the whole thing of algorithms is you go, okay, here are examples of what I'm looking for. And it goes, oh, well, here's what I see that's in common. Is this what you meant? Be the reason is because basically the uh, the Android artists are more or less giant random number generators, and they'll generate lots and lots of images, but they won't know which ones are good. Right. So then humans have to go in and say, "This is a good image. This is a good image. Right. That's a useless mm -hmm. image." Um, you know. Exactly. And, and then the algorithms so train the algorithms become to editors say. rather than uh, producers. They, they move one step up the food chain, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you can have algorithms that check each other's work on the way down uh, to whatever amount that you have checked and said, that's a good image, that's a bad image. However much right. of that they will, and then they'll start training each other and getting closer to what you were saying. But yeah, the, that's the thing. That's the paintbrush now. Well, the, so to me, I don't think you can decouple uh, music from humans, right? I don't think AI will ever just take over making music, right? It might be there competing, right? It might develop a forte or two, right? It might do some things way better than other things. We don't know yet, right? But I, I don't think that human music making is going to go away. You're I mean, still gonna, you're still gonna want like that that group of people getting together on their individual instruments and making something together that's a reflection of the times they're having then. That's why most people listen to popular music is because it's a reflection of the times they're having at, at that point in their life. And like they look back and they're like, oh, I remember this song. It was when I was blah, right? It always brings back a memory. That's mm -hmm. what hit songs do to people. And I don't think that you can teach AI how to make a song that is meaningful to humans at a given time. Indeed, you well, can't. It, it just makes it harder for me. Well, well, and, I'm not trying to make this about myself here. I'm more about oh, like saying, thinking about I'm just you, dude. like saying, um, that, like, say I don't want to do maybe DJ sets or I don't want to perform live in front of an audience. Maybe I like more doing, um, uh, like I said, making music for video games yeah. or for right. movies or that. And what I'm saying is, is AI kind of 
cuts into that. And I understand now. I don't disagree that. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to. You know. Well, no, hold on, hold on, that. hold on. I have to stop you there. I, I don't think it's going to cut into it. What I think is that like entire genres are now a palette of paints that you can use to make new songs. Yeah, even the AI that I've seen for like some of these digital, these paintings, these visual works that they're doing still requires human input before it generates anything. So I think actually, McCoy, that uh, AIs right now, uh, probably the new hot thing and you should start using them immediately to help you produce music. I mean, I can definitely use it as a draft, that's for sure. Yeah. Or, you know, add pieces of it in with the rest of the music that you're producing to create something that you're, oh, wow, you know, weird, right? Uh, I think of this as like uh, uh, the uh, the improbable Whopper that I invented, right? This is one patty of the impossible Whopper and then one patty of actual beef on the same Whopper sandwich from Burger King, and that's what you eat. It's the improbable. I party. will not mm. eat the bug. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds uh, I, don't, I don't know about that, bro. And vaguely dangerous. Yeah. What else you got, McCoy? Yeah, I don't trust the impossible uh, Whopper. That's a Bill Gates project. <laughs> he wants to turn us into soy boys. <laughs> Ain't nobody uh, you know, got time uh, for that. <laughs> well, if I get Gates. back to you guys with the... Uh, my other thing was maybe uh, figuring out an alternative to that sip line. Um, mm. Oh, I might look into this. But that, we'll that's that's gonna be a uh, question for uh, Ian at freetalklive.com. Yeah. Well, I, I know he put the the instructions up at uh, sip.freetalklive.com. Yeah. Yeah. You can use different clients as your sip client. You you don't have to, you know, use the one that's recommended there. But uh, you, like, I don't even know enough about how to hook up different sip clients to that thing to give you correct advice. I apologize. But uh, if you know about SIP and about clients... That seems like something you should know, Captain, because it's I, in your ballpark. I agree. Mm. I agree. Um, and especially, you know, we don't have, we don't know if we're going to have continue to have hot and cold running Ian. So, um, you know... It's being thought of. Good. Good. The more, the more you can learn, the better. Yep. Um, so with that said though, you know, feel free to play around and uh, use the zip line. All right, brother. Thanks for the call. We appreciate All right, it. Peace. Yeah, this is one of the things we really have to explore is okay. Now that because technology is perpetually moving forward and shifting, how do we get the best, uh, bandwidth of communication? Yeah. Yeah. Jitsi seems to be a, uh, a pretty solid connection. Um, you know, sound quality has been good. Um, connectivity has been good. Haven't run into any tr any problems with it. Yeah, I was using Jitsi recently for a couple of weeks for a different thing, and I was surprisingly impressed. I was like, I did not know. Uh, now, I mean, at home I've got the gig connection, so I'm dialed in as they say uh in the phone business uh so i've got bandwidth right so but that's bandwidth yeah. we don't need no stinking bandwidth that, that uh, yeah, said, yeah we actually do that said it, it solid like i had zero problems with it like not only like i i didn't see anybody else using it have problems with it right like i can explain why my connection is good and why my computer setup handled it better than you know some others Maybe I can, but like the other people participating in the Jitsi sessions, 
also had no problems. There was no glitches. There was no bad audio. There was, you know, it it was a, a solid performing uh, platform. Yeah. So, so, if you don't mind a quick segue whiplash here. One of the things that the whole Twitter files thing showed is that no one is too small to be targeted by the federal government. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it's funny. Before, you, have, you have five followers. Yep. You must also be banned. Yeah. Uh, people uh, who are thinking of joining something like the Free State Project or the Greater New Hampshire Freedom Migration Movement uh, that's trying to get a whole bunch of people here who are freedom minded to see if we can at least carve out our own little free uh, corner of the world somehow. Uh, like, if you're worried about... I didn't give my fir- my real name at my first pork fest. <laughs> right. Like, people are worried about, oh my gosh, if I move there and, like, start hanging out with these people, I'm going to have a file on dun, me by dun, the dun, FBI. Dun. The FBI is going to create a file because I'm hanging oh, out with Oh, if you people. don't have a file by now, you need to up your game. That's what I'm saying. I'm like... I mean, if you showed up to more than two protests in your life? Yeah. Have you, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Oh, have you listened to Free Talk Live once? You know, you're probably on a list. Right. I, I apologize. But Unless also, you're welcome. easy to keep, but hard to look at. But also, you're welcome because we, like, Free Talk Live is the only thing out there on radio. That's like what it is, and we can only aspire to have Beard Talk Live be, uh, you know, contributing to that. Uh, so, yeah. my point is that if if you're afraid of that happening, it's it's already happened. The FBI <laughs> already has a fucking file on you. Even if you're just like the most upstanding, responsible citizen that has ever walked the planet Earth, and you know you don't ever get caught breaking any laws, and you've done everything right, and you don't get tickets, and you know your license is renewed, and you know all these things, you pay your taxes, right? All these FBI still got a fucking file on you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it just happens to be way easier if we just keep everyone's data all of the time. It's easier than having to sift through the people we shouldn't be spying on. Especially at the rate of, uh, we'll call it storage compression reduction, right? You know, now I can get a micro SD card that's huge, (laughs) right? Like, I come from a time, I remember a time when I'm like, wow, I can get 10 gigs on here, 15 gigs on this? Like, I still have a couple of, like, 3 gig, 2 gig micro SD cards that can't hold jack shit, right? But now you get a terabyte. On a fucking on a micro SD, I, I was running BBSs back in the day uh, on this old thing called FidoNet before yeah. the uh, internet was generally available, and uh, there was a there was a elite BBS in our area that got the they were the first one to get a gig drive. And we were so <laughs> impressed. I was we were like, man, you would oh, never yeah. fill that up, right? You know. You could save every what could game you they make on it. You um, will never need any more memory for the rest of your natural life. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Not true. Not true. Yeah, that was one of the, uh, you know who said that? That was Bill Gates. You'll never need more than 640K of RAM. Wow. <laughs> yep. 640K. We should have known I, he was a dumbass a long time ago. Well, yep. he wasn't the inventor. He just stole shit yeah, and marketed. I probably shouldn't call Bill Gates a dumbass. I just, I don't like his attempt to sort of be things that he really isn't. Like a farmer? Uh, like well, a pharmacist, for example. Right? Yeah. Or he your really doctor. Isn't. He isn't a computer genius, for one thing. Um, he didn't write DOS. He bought DOS. 
He paid people to write windows. He was never a software engineer of any note. What he knew how to do was scam people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really what it was. He bought DOS for $50,000. Um, and the guy came back and asked him for a job. And he was like, fuck you. You know? And, yeah, and it's it, like, that's not even smart from a business point of view. And if you, you know, if you want to go down the, actually create, if you want to go down the rabbit hole on, on bill, uh, James Corbett did a really amazing piece. James Corbett is one of the, f- like uh, you, I really enjoy his work over the course of the, the entire time I've known who he is. Right. Uh, I'll fall off the bandwagon and something of his will pop into my purview. I'll be like, Oh yeah, James Corbett. Yeah. And I'll go and I'll, and I like fucking spot on. Right. I, I, I don't love know his work. Is. Oh man, he's amazing. Uh, uh, Canadian now lives in Japan, which uh, gives you a certain amount of safety to uh, picket the uh, ruling powers. The Corbett Report, C O R B E T T, I believe. Dot mm-hmm. uh, com, mm. perhaps. I'm sure. Yeah, CorbettReport.com. So not the and, Colbert and Report. No, no, not no. To- totally You're different thing. Now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, for that you want to go to YouTube. Right. Yeah. And uh, Corbett kind of like beat a dead horse to say, "Don't find me on YouTube." <laughs> Just go to my site. I've got IPFS. Like, don't don't rely on them to search the internet. Come on. Here, I've got this. It'll always be here. Just. What was the subject at the point of the? I forgot. You had brought it up. You were like, not to do a segue or anything, and then we segued. But what was the topic? <laughs> you know, man, what were we just talking about? Right. That's the one question no stoner can ever ask. Answer. Oh. Oh, Twitter. Oh yeah, the the something files. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so why only and release it? Why only release it to uh, Taibi and whoever the other motherfucker is? There's two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why uh, why only release it? Like I get maybe Musk is a fan. Maybe Musk is trying to do him a solid or something. Maybe Taibi wrote something for for Musk at some point. But like, I think he's kind of establishing an alternative press. Because, like, their whole story is, hey, we were the press and we got kicked out of it because we wanted to, like, actually talk about things. Well, I think basically he knows that there's that all manner of lies will be generated from that data. Mm. So he wants the truth to have first crack at it. That's what I think is going on instead of releasing it all in one dump, which would mean that all of the mainstream media would be able to get it at the same time and bring their all of their firepower to bear churning lies out of it. Right, to start you doing uh, cross-propaganda uh, to, you know, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got you. Well, uh, so basically, he's he's giving the truth a head start, I, I think. Hmm. To, so why or these two... at least two, giving the story he wants given a head start. Why these two writers? I think it's an appeal to authority. I think they're both people who were um, influential in legacy media and who developed um, uh, heterogeneous views. They stopped being willing to be yes-men for the the establishment. Hmm. But they still have the um they 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 still have 
all of all of the hype or some of the hype working for them although uh so they're still you know, kind of they're still they're kind like of jimmy door uh jimmy door's spectrum of uh part of the political spectrum like like i feel is, like i feel like they're sort of mainstream approved rebels and i, I don't mean that in a negative way yeah they're they're mm-hmm. they're people who were they're like john stossel's of a different generation right right where you know stossel was was a media darling until he stopped thinking government was the solution to everything and then all of a sudden right you know he's this evil character he had to go it alone yeah yeah still love his work too he, he deserves a mention yeah and uh what was that uh, there's a british guy that falls into pretty much the same uh, category who like uh, really came around on this stuff and has been just diving into yeah oh this is the plan really you're just going to take all of our money forever <laughs> Oh, you're talking about um, Russell Brand. That's it. Yes, Russell oh, Brand. Yeah. yeah. Who is I don't it weird know that the fact I that his brand is brand makes him. me not remember it. I, I like he was an actor before he was a you know somebody speaking out on stuff and like I did have some people like I just never kind of liked the guy. I uh, mm. you know I don't know uh, why he just there's something about Understandable. Him I, I didn't like maybe I didn't like his acting or something. I'm I'm not sure. So I never gravitated toward. However. That being said, I have had uh, at least two people that I know uh, who are not, you know, anarchists or libertarians in any way come up to me and go, dude, did you hear what Russell Brand said whenever he, you know, was in the news saying mm-hmm. stuff? Uh, did you hear what Russell Brand said? And I'm like, no. I'm like, well, it reminded me of shit that you say. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, okay. All right. Maybe. Oh, so Russell Brand's like, what, eight years behind me now? Maybe he's, maybe he's speaking truth. I don't know. He's he's Good on more you. or less an anarchist. I don't think he's an ANCAP. Um, if you but, could interview anybody about uh, libertarianism <laughs> or anarchism, that is a, a, f- a famously known person to the rest of the world. Who would it be? I'll uh, I'll, I'll start things off. Woody Harrelson. Hmm. I want to interview Woody Harrelson just about anarchism because he at one point said, yeah, "Really, I." At, at, my, at my heart of things i'm an anarchist i think we'd be fine just mm-hmm. looking after ourselves hmm. you know and i'd like to like dive into that a little bit with the guy yeah and i would imagine those guys have you know a certain amount of leftist political armor um well and, and that is and that's thing. to so on the bright side uh, on the bright side jimmy Dore knows that he doesn't know shit about economics I mean, in a kind of similar way to like uh, Dave Smith, he's like, I'm a, I'm a fucking pothead comedian. What do I know? Right. But I'm just not willing to do the narrative. Uh, it, it's literally that easy to be the press. See, you made this wide open thing because people actually wanted to hear me talk about things. Yeah. So, uh, and hopefully he can realize that, hey, we actually do know shit about economics. We, we have like a, a, a ridiculous awareness of how economics works. Because it turns yeah. out when you when you crack it open, it's what you value matters to the universe. That's true. And because of that, you find out really quickly that if you do it the the socialist route, because you're forcing people, it's not going to be effective. Right. Yeah. Whenever force enters the well, equation, it just and wrong. and it's even more fundamental than that, which is basically the the market serves as a gigantic neural net okay Mm -hmm. and a neural net is basically you you generate 
a field of random numbers, okay? And you take inputs and you pass them through this field of random numbers and you get answers out on the other side, which are essentially um, random. So, the, so you then feed back it, uh, an, an analysis of the quality of the answers that you've been getting right. from each part of the system. Yeah, and whether the that was junk that or whether that was good. Good answers have their uh, are are promoted, and the um, and the parts of the system that produce bad answers are demoted. And so basically their answers are weighted less in the future or more in the future based on the quality of those answers. And if the answers are good, then they fetch a higher price. And the better those answers are, the higher of a price they fetch. And not just that, but uh, to to take the weighting into a market situation, your weight is your wealth. Okay. Yeah. If you make an investment decision and you're worth a hundred dollars, that has a certain effect on the market. If you make the same decision and you're worth a hundred million dollars, or you move a hundred million dollars into a position in the market, that's a much greater weight. It has a great oh oh it has a lot more impact. So basically, um the the market is a gigantic ai mm-hmm. yes it is that runs on 7 billion brains uh which are the fastest processors known to man right. um and which is settled you know basically there's one processor that's dedicated to solving the personal problems of each individual in the system yep well and that weight is basically equivalent to the 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 movement that you can make in the world. So what better yes. symbol of work than work? Yeah. So you're making a microcosm of the universe right. because you're saying, okay, mm-hmm. I want to run this much electricity through this idea because we worked uh, this yeah. hard to mine out these bitcoins. Right. So that mm-hmm. it's that much effort that I want to put into this idea. But of course, it's way lower realize, than the actual movement of it, but it's a symbol and a perfect symbol. And you literally test the idea by signaling that you're doing it. Yeah. And and basically your test failures come back as changes in prices where people realize, oh, there's not an infinite amount of rare earth metals that we can dig up to make these electric cars. So the prices of that shit have to really increase. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's exactly it. In the, in the actual world, it's that labor that it took to get those rare earth minerals and the, the time that it took to figure out the methods of, of digging them up. Mm-hmm. Right, and so- to accumulate the, uh, the capital. So real, and free it from all other use so that it can be used for the purpose of digging up this rare earth metal you need or whatever. Yeah. So nobody real quick, we're uh, up against it. We've got uh, about four minutes or so left. I wanted to, to get your answers to the question. If you could interview anybody about anarchism, who would it be? Um, I think Robert Heinlein would be on the list. Yeah. Uh, of course, he's dead, but 
that's okay. Russell Brand will never talk to me either. Um, <laughs> so uh, he would be he would be huge. Um, you know, I'd uh, I'd enjoy interviewing um, uh, El Neil uh, El Neil Smith um, or J Neil Schulman. Um, and Schulman's gone as well, which is too bad. He was a good guy. I liked him a lot. Awesome. Um, he was the guy who wrote alongside night. I, I, um, I would think Spooner would be on my list. Mm. Yes. Spooner. Definitely. Just as a historical dude, right? If I were like Bill and Ted and could go back with Rufus and the magic fucking phone box, you know, mm. I might try and, you know, instead of, instead of Socrates, man, try and see Spooner. Yeah. Uh, Jefferson is a guy that I would, I would love to pick his mm. brain. Um, so, you know, it seems to me uh, that, that what we most urgently need is medicine. Of a prophet. Like, it seems to um, me that what we most urgently need is medicine. So if you're going to consult someone on, on anarchism, consult someone who knows how to fix medicine and money is what mm. I figure. Yeah, well, that would certainly be uh, vital things to fix. All right, uh, I'm going to call it here, guys. Uh, nobody, thank you. Peakless well, Mountaineer, thank uh, you. Jesus Christ is who I'd interview. Okay. Thank hmm. you. Uh, Had I, a beard. I, <laughs> God has a beard. Uh, I want to thank uh, Psycho Stick for being our unofficial theme song. I want to thank our callers, all of them who've called in, uh, not only today, but over the last 17 episodes. Uh, nobody will see you next week. Peakless, thank you again. We're going to take you out of this 18th episode of Beard Talk Live with a little ditty from Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper.